Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Oh, good morning, Sandy. Happy New Year. Hello there, Blake. Happy New Year. How are you? Great. Good to have you back. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Good have a good time off? Yeah, it was, yeah pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Let me guess. You were with family. It was pretty yes, good. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were away from family. We had an awesome time. I know. Being away on you guys holiday. Truly had an awesome time. <laughs> uh, what do you got for us this morning? Let's oh, get hey. speed on headlines. Oh, yes. My gosh. I feel like it's been a minute, but some of the news that's making headlines this morning, uh, uh, this is fantastic news. The PAC government members have actually signed the code of conduct. So I know we've been talking about this since they were elected and they're coming up now, I think at the halfway point later on this year. And so the good news is um, all of their members have signed it and now it just is left for the opposition to sign the code of conduct. So what's in the code of conduct? What can you, can't, what can Um, you do? You you know, it tries to, and to make it clear, this is the first government that has had a code of conduct for its ministers. Really? As we can see, yeah, and as we can see, um, Minister Bush, um, Bernie Bush was held accountable under that code of conduct. But it talks about stuff like the duties of the members, um, you know, just to uphold the law, uh, including the Bill of Rights, to act in the interests of the people of the Cayman Islands as a whole, um, you know, public trusts integrity, and so on. So it has a whole list of general principles of conduct and uh, the rules um, are quite quite comprehensive as well. So it's about a six-page document. And so, um, yep, everybody has signed it except for the opposition members. So now it's just left for them to sign. So we'll see if they come up with any excuses not to um, push us forward. All right. Good news. All right. American Airlines um, had a bit of an issue with a flight coming into Grand Cayman. It was grounded for about 10 hours. According to, yeah, one, um, you know, passenger who contacted us. She was not particularly happy. Um, Well, actually, about five hours, but she said it felt like 10, I think, when I saw her message. But anyway, um, she said that they got a number of excuses as they sat on the plane awaiting departure. Here, Owen Roberts. This or, was or, um, from Miami to Grand Cayman. So they're sitting on the plane in Miami waiting to come here. Yes. Wait, wait. So United Airlines doesn't fly from Miami to here. Yeah. No, this is American. Oh, I'm sorry. American. Okay. Yeah. So um, the uh, person, the passenger said that every time there's a different excuse coming from American. And first they said that they were trying to put luggage on like the um, area that they put in the luggage or something going on there that was broken. And they were trying to fix. And then they said, nope, the crew had to exit because of the flight hours. And it just kind of rolled in from one thing to the next. So, um, so one passenger- were they actually sitting on the plane? Yes. For how long? Uh, five hours. Because there there are, uh, there are laws. It was hot and comfortable. Yeah. Well, there, yeah, there are laws in the United States against uh, a, a sitting on an airplane for more than, I, I think it's two hours. Mm-hmm. So that would be against uh, the uh, federal aviation uh, rules there. Yeah. There well, during reports. the holidays, a lot was going on against their rules. I think some mm. people, because of the winter storms and stuff, will be very much aware. 
that the FAA is looking at a number of airlines um, and potentially, you know, bringing um, different, levying different fines and stuff against them for basically really, really poor customer service. And some of it actually, as you rightfully said, goes against their, um, their rules and regulations. Yeah, just be glad that this passenger wasn't on one of the Southwest Airlines flights. Yeah, that's at what least, I was just thinking. I was just thinking. At least uh, American found another crew and uh, flew him down here five hours later, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, not not so, the end of the world, sure. but, uh, you know, yeah. things happen. Yeah. So speaking of aircrafts, um, four people were rescued after a St. Kitts flight actually crashed near Turks and Caicos. So this happened um, yesterday. Wow. Yes. Um, so they were um, on board this small private jet and it crashed right off the coast of Grand Turk on Tuesday, uh, which was yesterday. And a fisherman reportedly aided in their rescue. So this is a bit of good news. Um, they basically fisherman Callison Talbot says that, um, you know, he was happy to be able to assist. And, you know, the authorities said that he did an exceptional job in the rescue and he displayed courage and selflessness by placing his own life on the line, but trying to get those four people to safety. So glad that they're okay. Good. Yeah. Um, and a bit a of, way to start the new year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lots and lots going on, but Oh, we're out of time already. Look at that. Yeah. That's all right. Well, you're going to kick off your show uh, coming up on Bobo 89.1 FM. It's been a while. I'm sure yes. uh, be, we'll be glad to have you back. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. They've been messaging me. Honey, chill. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh, see you tomorrow morning for Thursday headlines. All right. Fantastic. Have a good day. All right. All right. All right. Our segment with CMR brought to you exclusively. All right, folks. So welcome back. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get the show kicked off. Now, I do have a new intro, but I don't think the video is quite ready as yet. So what we'll do today is we'll just play our old intro. I like to do something new for the new year. Always, always, always like to do something new for the new year. So, um, We'll we'll have a look and see when that's going to be ready for us to kick off. In the meantime, we're still spilling the tea over here on CMR. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, fever grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey chow. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Folks, welcome, 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 welcome. Happy 2023. Let's go ahead and uh, we got mistakes in the background there. Sorry. Let me turn my camera off. Um, let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Let's get started. I missed you guys, and I know for sure that you missed me as well. I've been getting your tons and tons and tons of messages. Happy 2023. Are we ready to get it? I think we are. All right. Well, let's start talking about it. Let me send out my WhatsApp notifications to everybody. On the WhatsApp list, thank you guys for being part of that. I'm trying to remember, you know, after a week, you kind of forget all the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. But let me um, let me try to just recall everything that I'm supposed to do in my morning. Uh, I need to 
do up a little sign is what I need to do and stick it right there in the wall so that every single day I do not forget. These are the things that you need to do. Okay, reminder lesson. Anyway, um, one thing I will not forget to do is this is taking its time. There we go. We got Miss Vernita who was messaging at 12.01 in the morning. Miss Vernita, I don't know what you're doing up at those hours, honey, chill. But you, I believe you need your sleep now. So don't be up in the wee hours not getting any sleep. Um, I was up until, oh gosh, I think it was about one o'clock. So, um, oh no, hold on. Connection was lost. Oh gosh, hold on radio folks. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. All right, let me see what's going on here. Hmm. Strange. Let me just do a quick refresh. Not sure what happened there. Yeah, Murphy's Law. There we go. All right, so I think we're back in radio. I was not looking at that screen. Hmm. All right. So I think we're good on radio. Yeah. Somehow Chuck, the connection was lost. I don't know what that even means. Uh, but okay. We're good. I think now. Hmm. Okay. So um, I was just saying, you know, um, what was I saying? Oh yes. I was up uh, until a little bit last night, got back in like yesterday on a flight. And so trying to get caught up with everyone. And as, as I was doing my bits and pieces, I actually saw uh, Miss Vernita um, messaging. And I thought, what on earth is Miss Vernita doing up at midnight messaging in the chat section of the show? She's a super fan. Good morning, Miss Vernita. How are you? And she's saying, I pray all God's blessings upon all of us um, for 2023 and making it the best year to show more love and unity to make Cayman a better, uh, to make a better Cayman, a better world. So let's hope so. Good morning to Carmely. So good to see you. Happy New Year. Thank you for the welcome back. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my Christmas. Um, you know, it was Christmas. I was, um, you know, trying to get off island earlier than I did. And uh, there was a little bit of a, a mishap with Marlon's work schedule. So he was not able to go. Um, oh, no. Oh, I just got a bit of sad news there. Oh, that's sad news for the new year. Uh, um, oh gosh, that's so sad. So yes, um, I was going to say that um, I was hoping not to be here and not to have to do anything like cooking Christmas dinner, but that didn't quite work out. So we end up having our Christmas dinner on the Monday. And as usual, lots and lots and lots of food. So thankful that we can eat and not have to worry about where food is coming from, right? Because there's so many people in the world that simply do not have that privilege. Um, so Christmas more or less went off without a hitch. I mean, I have no complaints. Um, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but this is probably the last year that my daughter is going to believe in Santa. I mean, I think this is it. There's no more hoodwinking her because she was already like, does Santa really exist? Or is he just a man in a fat suit? And I was like, mm, I wasn't about to lie. So I said, you know what? I said, just believe one more year. Why not? You know? Yeah. Just believe one more year. So, um, yeah, but I don't, I don't think that uh, after this, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to have her believing anymore. So as a matter of fact, she's really caught on because <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what happened? We wrapped presents early. We had stuff under the tree early. And she's like, but wait a minute. This says this was from Santa, but this present was already there. And I thought, um, was it? You see, we didn't do the the um we didn't do the whole midnight thing because I was like, oh God, I can't even take the stress. Um so yeah, we're getting some condolences this morning. I'll soon tell you guys about it. So yes, I think this is definitely gonna be, you know, even the tooth fairy, she's been questioning about the tooth fairy. She's like, you know, the tooth fairy didn't take my tooth last time because I forgot to take it. I left the money, but I forgot to take the tooth. And then she found the other tooth where I'd hidden it. And she's like, why, why is my tooth still here? I thought the tooth fairy took it. Mom, are you sure it's not you and dad just taking my tooth and leaving me $5? Uh, last time she actually got $10 because, um, you know, somebody's saying the video is blurry. Okay, is that on Facebook? Let me see if I can refresh. Good morning, Miss uh, Shanna Lee. How are you? So let me do a quick refresh, refresh for Facebook folks. But anyway, you know, kids grow up. That uh, certain things are just not adding up. So, all right, Facebook folks, let me know if that's any better. Um, so, yeah, so I think this is probably the last Christmas for Santa. And you know, my situation with Santa Claus for myself, Hanicha, my husband is not a shopper. He's really not into shopping at all. He doesn't like grocery shopping. He doesn't like any kind of shopping. So basically he's just like, buy yourself what you want and wrap it <laughs> and Merry Christmas from me. Um, so I'm just like, well, okay. And so I just keep buying and saying, oh, this is my birthday gift. This is my Christmas gift. And he's like, wait a minute. How many Christmas presents did you get? And I said, well, Santa wouldn't be complaining, you know, since I'm actually doing his job for him. And since I know what I want, it works out actually pretty well. Um, so Irvin says, what a whole heap of blunders. Gigi is more smarter than you. Yeah, she's um, onto it. Thank you guys so much for confirming that the feed is better. Uh, Jonathan says it's a little bit better what's going on a brand new computer brand new studio computer by the way so we should be clickety clacking um we're still working on trying to get that toll-free number sorted out sooner hopefully rather than later so you guys can call into the show without having to worry about using up your little credits um carmen says most jamaicans are like that or like what what did i miss um so yes i did spend some time in jam rock for the holidays and um, had a good time. Mostly it was just about family. Marlon, of course, as you guys know, uh, is Jamaican. And he's not been home in over four years because of COVID and everything else uh, that has just been going on. So Gigi was there the last time she was two. She remembers nothing about that trip at all. So this was kind of like her first trip where she's building some memories and stuff like that, right? So meeting cousins and, um, you know, just hanging out with family. That's what it was all about. I'm completely bitten up, by the way. Mos more mosquito bites than I can even count. I guess that's what happens when you go in the country. So if you see me itching, um, <laughs> that's exactly uh, what it is. And um, I'm going to um, basically just take a tablet. I took two yesterday and I'm still itching. They're like super mosquitoes, honey chill. 
Got to keep an eye on them. Um, but, you know, of course, it's not just about mosquitoes biting you. It's your concern about dengue and everything else. <laughs> that you got to be oh, I don't want to get Zika. Whatever happened to Zika? That disappeared. Um, dengue fever and malaria and all the other nasty uh, things that mosquitoes carry. You know, mosquitoes have killed more people than all of the wars combined, like all the world wars and stuff combined. Mosquitoes are deadly. Y'all need to know. Child, put on some repellent. But they bite you and you don't even see them. They're so stealth. Have you guys noticed that with mosquitoes? Like you have on clothes and they're biting you in your rear end and you can feel them biting, but you don't even see the mosquitoes. You're like, what on earth? Um, so, you know, there you have it. But anyway, um, good trip. Like I said, the importance of, you know, trying to reconnect with family. So Marlon had an opportunity to do that. And for Gianna to get to know her family. Um, I was speaking to his mom and she was telling me a little bit about that family history. And uh, she's going to try to do a little chart for Gianna to show where the family comes from. Let me tell you, only a couple generations ago, they were in India. <laughs> like legitimately, they came straight from India. Um, and there hasn't really been a lot of diluting of that side of the family until probably this generation. So this generation is the first generation to basically marry like people who were not Indian. <laughs> so, um, and that's most first and second generations tend to stick very close to the culture. So now they've kind of moved away from, you know, they're, they're Christians as opposed to, I don't know what they were, if they were Hindu or whatever in India, but they still have a lot of the way of cooking, like the food culture has been preserved. So their curry is obviously different from traditional Caribbean curry. So they actually scorch their curry first at the bottom of the pot before they add like the chicken, all that kind of stuff to it. Um, but you know, th there's a fusion of the, so they love curry goat, for example, and I don't know if they eat curry goat in India or not, but, um, yeah, so it's a whole, it's a whole life. It's a whole thing. So, um, it's, it's very, very interesting to learn more about, uh, his side of the family. And you know, <clears throat> what I always say is there are always crazy people in your family, no matter who you are related to or who you are um, family to. So everything takes a little bit of uh, getting used to. And the good thing about in-laws, honey child, is you don't have to live with them for the most part. Thank God. <laughs> right? So you can go and visit and you can enjoy them for a week. And everybody has a limit of how long they want to spend with their in-laws. And you enjoy them for that period of time. And then you just quickly move on. You're like, oh, Back to life. Uh, let me just say, first of all, I love K-Man. No place like home. So I am a thousand percent K-Manian. I, I don't mind visiting your country. I don't mind visiting Jamaica. I don't mind visiting America. You know, uh, I even lived in America long term, grew up in America. And still, every time I would touch ground uh, here in K-Man, I was like, the, the, the feeling that you get knowing that you're back home is hard to describe unless you've actually experienced it, but <clears throat> there's really nothing like it in the world. And, um, you know, I mean, I remember even as a kid and as a young adult, I would just be like, Oh my God, this is, this is my, my home, my country, my, you know, as Caymanians would say, this is where my naval um, string is buried. That's definitely, uh, definitely the case. So, you know, there's something special about, no matter where you're from, I think, being able to return. And there's so many people that migrate all over the world that are not always able to 
um, safely return back home because of a number of different factors. But uh, we have a lot here to be thankful for. And so in 2023, you know, moving forward with an attitude of gratitude and also a little bit salty, because I'm going to tell you all something. The older I get, the less I care (laughs) about a lot of things, including hurting people's feelings. Like I just no longer care. I'm like, let's just get on with the business of, of fixing things, right? So um, I appreciate, uh, you know, the the love that my in-laws always show when I visit. They're very, very um, kind, um, you know, treat me just like family. Um, nothing like your own bed, though, child. I, I felt like I, I was a... Um, what's the what's the three bears where you go this bed was too soft this bed was too hard and then finally the last one was just right well i love my my own bed <laughs> my own bed is just right so um you know super super good holiday lots was going on here that we were keeping a tab on big shout out to the entire cmr team um you know who kept things afloat i gave them you know gave them <laughs> a couple of days off around the holidays. And then I kept stuff going on the website, social media, never missed a beat. We don't miss a beat on social media, whatever's going on. Once we got internet, honey, chill, we are on it like white and rice. Um, so KK says, listen, it came out as heaven for us and many others. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about that little bit of heaven. Thank you. Somebody said Goldilocks and the three bears. Yes. It's like that third bed, mm, that third uh, bowl of porridge. Mm, this is just right, said Goldilocks. Uh, nothing like home. So when we got home last night, we got in the late flight. Big shout out to Cayman Airways, by the way. Not a hitch. Got home a few minutes early even. Um, I must say that even Gianna was like, I think our house missed us. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know I missed my house. <laughs> so hopefully it missed us too. Um, you know, like, like KK, um, Irvelyn was saying, she's, she's kind of putting a lot of things together, but she's like, the house can't really miss this kid. It's not a living being. Right. And I said, no, but I get the sentiment. We miss the house. And it probably, it feels like it's empty. Cause she's like, I feel so empty now that we're back. And I said, yes, let's fill it up with laughter and just good times. Um, so the other thing that I'm doing, you guys should know is I'm working on adding another member to our family. Hmm. You say what? Yes, honey chow, I'm going to tell you all about this journey as we, um, as we, you know, get a little bit closer to making it happen. I'm trying to flush out some details though, so I need to make a few phone calls. Um, but yes, it's been over two years now that we've lost our beloved Coco. I know some of y'all were just thinking, oh, Sandy, you have another baby. Don't y'all get crazy on me now. It's just a new year, but don't get crazy. Um, so no, we are looking at uh, adding a new um, furry family member. So I'm super, super excited about that. You guys know I love, 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 love dogs. I'm not much of a cat person. Although I think some neighborhood cat cats have adopted at least my car. Because every night one is underneath the car. I'm marking his territory, honey, chill. Um, but, you know, I love animals in general. But I'm really, really a dog person. And so I don't feel like a house is really a home without a furry pet in it. And so we are making some steps. Getting ever so close, sir, to securing a new um, dog to add to the family. So excited, excited, excited. Uh, KK says, uh, same thing I was saying, baby, what? No, honey, chill. That door is shut, far as I'm concerned. Mm -mm -mm. Can't afford no more. 
Um, so thank you so much, Ms. Morna and everybody else for the welcome back messages. You guys really missed me and you missed the show because the messages I've been getting, when are you back? We miss you. Come on back, honey child. Will you be, will you is? I mean, it was just, it was, uh, it was nice to be missed actually. So I thank you all, um, very, very much for that and your constant, constant messages, um, what can I say except now we're back and now we're going to do it. So yes, I, I, uh, I appreciate the love and the, um, oh, one second here. I appreciate the love and, um, you know, all the support from all of you. The messages were constant. Some of you were like, I'm in withdrawals. When are you coming back? I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so yes, thank you. Thank you very much for that. So what else happened over the holidays? Um, we had a desktop app. Hold on one second. So by the way, because it's a new computer, I'm still kind of downloading the little bits and pieces that I like to add to customize my PC experience. So, um, yeah, I missed you guys too. You know, every morning I got up a little bit later I was like, oh man, right now I'd be doing my show and we'd be talking about whatever. And there were so many um, like topics, things that were happening during the holidays. I was like, oh man, add that to my notepad because we can talk about this at some point. Because, you know, the news never stops and there's always something topical and, you know, hey, we're here for it. So Kate, um, Alejandro says, don't get a Pomeranian. <laughs> Worst 12 to 15 years of your life. Your ears will bleed. Um, you know what is so funny about that? Is that's one of the options for the dogs that we could have gotten. And I actually said, no, thanks. I'm not really a fan of Pomeranians. Now, you know, they, they're they're a little bit too yappy for me. And I agree with Alejandro. They kind of have this, this yappy personality. Uh, um, and also I'm looking for, because supposedly, according to the doctors, I, I do have um, allergies to like pet dander and whatever. So I really should even have a pet, both cats and dogs. But I'm like, when they told me that, I said, really, I've always had dogs, but maybe that's why I always kind of have sinus problems too. But um, yeah, I love um, dogs and some like, nope, I can't not have a dog. But now I try to pick some that are a little bit easier on the, there's no such thing as an allergy free dog, but there's some that produce less of the shedding of the coat and all that sort of thing. So um Yep. So we're going to, we're going to make that happen this year. We are working very, very hard on that. So I'm just excited um, to get that off to a good start, hopefully. So I'll let you guys know, like I said, the journey has just begun. Well, I've been not just begun, but I've been on it for a minute now. And um, we are looking to, um, so yeah, to hopefully get a new dog in our life. Hmm. So we're already thinking about dog names. We're going to get a female. Everybody seems to prefer a female dog around here. What can I say? Um, so KK is asking about the breed. She says she has a multi-poo. So Coco was a Shapu, which is a Shih Tzu and Poodle Miss. Best, best dog ever. I mean, she really was um, an amazing, an amazing dog. And so... Um, you know, all I can say is, um, I think I'm going to stick with that breed. She had a personality that was like none other. <sighs> she was such a great dog. 
So Andrea, good morning to you. Happy New Year. She says, yes, you were missed. Looking for greater, better things for CMR for 2023. So listen, one of um, our, you know, things that we like to do around here um, is we actually really enjoy, um, <laughs> we really enjoy having a theme for each year. So this year's theme for CMR is um, bigger, better, and bolder. Hmm. And uh, the bolder part might surprise you because you're like, how much more bold can you possibly get? But we're going to go there. We're, we're truly going to go there. So yeah, so that's our new theme, bigger, better, and bolder. And um, why not? What, what, what have you got to lose? But just taking, you know, stepping out on the limb and going bigger, better, because improvement is important, and bolder for 2023. So we're going to talk about uh, exactly what that means as we um, go through the next month or so. So Dion, good morning to you. Alejandro says, me in the morning drinking coffee and no gossip. That was him with a cry face. <laughs> yes, honey, child. we're here for it. We're here for the tea. Get your coffee, which let me do a big shout out to Andre. Um, Stevens Papsito in Jamaica um, because I actually got to link up with him um, while I was in Jamaica just briefly. And so that was fantastic. You guys know that he has his own show there in Jamaica. And in addition to that, he also, um, oh Lord, I'm getting more messages about these Cubans again. Jesus, some topics will just keep giving. Let me just say that much for 2023. Um, but anyway, Andre, I got a, a minute to link up with him. So big shout out to him. He was mentioning to me that he's actually, you know, he does a three hour nightly show and he's actually going to be starting a morning show um, soon as well. So y'all will have that to listen to. I think he's doing it with a co-host. That's a lot of talk, honey child. I'm like, oh my God, three, four hours a day is a lot. Miss mm -mm -mm. Dalila Connolly's in the house. Good morning to you. Uh, Shani Lee says a Bichon Poo. So I'm assuming this is a Bichon and a Poodle. Um, you know what? Poodles are really, really smart dogs. And so I'm not surprised that um, they, you know, have a good combination with a lot of other dogs. They are very, very intelligent, actually. Not all dogs are smart dogs, um, but Poodles have a reputation. You can train them. In fact, you'll see them a lot when uh, people use them for things like um, security dogs. And you think, oh, why is a poodle like a drug-sniffing dog? That's because they're actually really, really smart. And so when people train the poodles, it becomes, um, you know, easy to train them and they, they pick up on things relatively quickly. So, yeah, I, I'm totally, totally not surprised that uh, people really love uh, anything mixed with a poodle. I, I get that all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me just see here what else we got going on. Good folks. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to see. I'm getting a lot of WhatsApp messages. And I'm trying to remember how to, um, how to silence. It's not particularly loud, so I don't think most of you can really hear it. But there is a little background noise that keeps dinging, and that's my WhatsApp um, system sounds. <laughs> 
So anyway, I'll, I'll figure that out, how to turn the volume off on my WhatsApp sounds. I don't mind getting the messages because sometimes you guys are sending me like real live updates as stuff is happening, but I need to mute the audio. I can't remember how to mute the audio. Hmm. Okay, I'll figure it out soon. All right. Um, so yes, that's um, some of the stuff that we were doing over the holidays. I see a lot of your messaging. So let's get to some of those here in a second. So I'll keep you guys updated. So Yorkie, uh, Makti Poo teacups and Shih Tzu. So um, everyone says get the Shih Tzu. They don't shed. Yes, they're good for that. Uh, there's a lot of mixing of dog breeds these days, and people still think that they are pedigrees. Not really. Once you start mixing a dog, it is what it is. But there's nothing wrong with a good old-fashioned mutt. I don't know why people get, you know, they feel like, oh, my gosh, I've got to say it's a shih and poodle mix because that makes it fun. I'm like, listen, some of the best dogs in the world are all mixed up, just like people. <laughs> They're mixed with a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and only God knows what's really in them. Um, you can now do DNA tests on, on dogs. So you know how you can do the whole 23andMe for people? They have little kits like that for your dogs too. You can find out exactly what your dogs are. But to me, listen, I'm not really too bothered. I'm like, you know, the, the best dogs are really mutts who are all mixed up and they're just loyal and wonderful. Um, so Alejandro says, if you mix sardines in your diet, in their diet, they don't shed and... They don't shed much and first stay shiny. So do dogs like sardines though? Buenos dias to Miss Elizabeth. She says, Feliz Año. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Miss Wanda's in the house. She says, male dogs are usually best for female owners. Female dogs for male owners, so they say. Um, You know, I haven't had a male dog in a while. The last dog I had was a female. And I've had two male dogs before. And I find that, um, I don't know if it has anything to do with whether they're male or female dog, but I do find that when you're in a house, dogs know who to listen to. So like Coco used to listen to me. And then when Marlon showed up on the scene, she kind of like didn't listen to me anymore. So I would tell her to do something. And honey child, she just look at me like, yeah, okay, you're not, you're not wearing the pants around here anymore. But if Marlon said it, like he was like, come or whatever, she's like on point. Hmm. So um, I don't know. I know. I don't know, Wanda. I'm sure maybe they just, you know, uh, you want a good family dog that has a relationship with everybody in the family, but I always feel like they kind of attach a little bit to probably one particular person. And yes, KK laughing. And child Coco abandoned me. She's like, oh, there's a man in the house. Mm -mm. Let me go see what he's got going on. But thank you, Miss Wanda. She says, glad to have you back. Zambula says, let's hear about the robberies and convenience marriage. Oh, child, we got plenty of time for that now. It's just January the 4th. <laughs> we got lots of time for that. Good morning, Orville. Happy New Year. Selena's in the house. She says, happy New Year. Missed the show so much. Welcome back. Happy New Year, everyone. Troy, uh, sorry, Trace's in the house as well. Happy New Year to you. Um, so Shani says, yes, my baby is super smart. And great emotional intelligence. Yes. Hello, Robert. So it's glad to see you back. Thank you. Paul's in the house. All these welcome back messages. Miss Iva's here. She says, Happy New Year to you, Sandra, and to all Mikey Man and Peeps. Hello, Miss Stephanie. How are you? 
So uh, Aliano's here. He says, CMR is back. Happy 2023, yo. Hello, Cece. Says you were missed. Oh, thank you. Yes, we are back in action, Alejandro. Uh, Miss Barbara is here. Andrea says the only thing I'm looking forward to in the new year is to survive the new year the way the world is going. Oh, Andrea, we're going to do more than survive, honey child. We're going to grab it, grab the bull by the horn and ride it to pieces. A lady, D- Lady Demas. I've been trying to start getting these names right for 2023. <laughs> Says good morning and happy new year to everyone. Stevens in the house joining us in the UK. Beautiful Diamond Princess is also here. Who else did we have? Tommy. Hello, Tommy. Good morning to you. Um, KK was asking about jam. It was good. It was good. Uh, you know what I find about Jamaica that's so interesting? The topography. Um, Stony Hills, that part of Kingston. I love when you're driving through that because of like the stone walls and how they're done. And then all the foliage um, makes it very, very interesting. I feel like I've been transported somewhere else. It kind of gives me a um, central Florida vibe. There's certain parts of Orlando that's really, really thick with that foliage that almost covers the entire street. And so when you're driving through it, you feel like you're driving through a funnel of foliage. And it just, listen, Mother Nature adds own special touch to everything you know mountains and ravines and valleys and so when i travel to places i love the topography and taking pictures of just like mother nature because you know so so incredibly amazing so i went to duns river falls that was the first trip there uh so that was pretty cool and guess what saw caymanians at dun river duns river what what are the chances actually pretty high <laughs> because you know a lot of caymanians travel so i saw a couple there um, they were part of a guided tour group where they were all holding hands. And they were like, hey. And I was like, hey. <laughs> Go figure. Hey, Chantel. Richard is in the house. Miss Brenda's here. Good morning, Miss Brenda. Um, so, yes. Shout uh, out. You see Caymanians all over the place these days. But, um, yeah, the foliage is really, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, Hello. To the other Jonathan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But like I said, Cayman is flat. We don't have the most interesting topography in the world, but it's still home, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, let me say this as well. A lot of the same issues that we're dealing with here are not unique. I keep saying this. I know y'all don't believe me, but I keep saying this. Not unique to the Cayman Islands. One of the things that people were telling me in Kingston is that um, Devon House has uprooted some of the green areas and um, they have actually put down concrete parking. They needed more parking space. They needed space for like events and whatever. That was their logic. And I was like, oh Lord, everybody's complaining about the lack of green space and how we're, we're losing it all over the world. And that green space is so important for our survival as the human race. Um, so it was kind of sad to hear that that is impacting not just us here, but, you know, Jamaica and other places around the world. People are always fighting to keep the green space that is there instead of destroying it for another parking lot. You know, I understand that there has to be a balance. And this morning we're going to be talking about the whole Marriott situation. So y'all wait for that conversation. But there has to be a balance. And um, with that balance, you know. Oh, gosh. I mean, one thing I must say about Jamaica is Jamaica does have 
a lot of greenery and a lot of foliage. Like, I don't even understand how people can just build a house on the side of the cliff. I'm just like, isn't that house going to fall off? <laughs> you know, it was so funny because one day, um, I can't remember. I think it was my mother-in-law said, oh, yeah, one day the, that house front did fall off and they just built it back. And I was like, what the hell? So, you know, certain areas like Junction Road. Ugh. I'm like, do we have to really go down Junction? Yeah, Sunny Jail. You know, uh, landslides because of the rain, things fall into the road. It just happens. And so um, it, it is what it is. And people still continue to live in those uh, in those sections of, of the road. So, by the way, big shout out to Burger King. They are sponsoring uh, the show. So they have come on board now to sponsor our Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. So let me go ahead and stick that up. It's It's a little bit hi but we'll we'll get that sorted out um so big thanks to them johan is in the house johan i just saw hello miss ethel uh <laughs> jonathan says with all these criminals running around he used to get a grizzly bear for a pet Mm-mm. what hot mess so johan says your host is wicked no ras but i missed her hashtag bad mind run- what runtings <laughs> Oh, Johan, he's such a trip. Mm-mm-mm. We miss you too, Johan. Good morning, Lavana. Oh, let me just say this about Christmas before we move on. Some of y'all were trying to grab the giveaways that you didn't win. Now, I'm so sad to even have to address this. I mean, come on, people. Really? We had a whole, listen, we gave away like, oh my God, how many prizes in the end? I lost count because it was so many, like 70 prizes or something ridiculous, right? Um, and you picked a number and you had to stick with that number. And y'all was showing up to collect your prize and giving a different number because you're like, oh, well, I want that Bluetooth headset. That was one of the ones where a young lady and a, and a younger child showed up telling what they want the Bluetooth headset, which was number seven. The only problem is they didn't win number seven. So y'all make it bad for everybody because now next year we're going to have to get really, really strict. We're going to have to be asking for IDs, which which we're now having to do. You have to sign on the line where you collect your prize because the gentleman who actually won number seven, right, properly, was going to re-gift that to his granddaughter. And the granddaughter was so excited about getting this wireless Bluetooth headset, and she didn't get it because somebody else got it. Now, y'all know that that's just wrong. That's just, uh, come on. I can't believe that I even have to have this discussion. And so then I had to go into my personal stash, find a Bluetooth headset, which, by the way, was a really expensive Bluetooth headset. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make this situation right. And we had somebody else who took a $100 gift certificate that wasn't theirs that belonged to somebody else. Like, come on, people. Mm-mm-mm. You know, they say no good deed goes unpunished. And now I'm beginning to wonder. No, sir. Y'all got to do better now because y'all know we don't like dishonesty around yeah. Miss uh, Brenda's asking that I drive down uh, Bamboo Avenue. I don't even know, child. Where's that? Is that in Kingston? Um, I tell you what, Junction Road has a lot of areas that has bamboo up on the cliff. And I saw people, even as we were traversing it, actually um, cutting down the bamboo. And I'm thinking, why on earth are they cutting down the bamboo? And so I was told that I guess they use the bamboo for whatever purpose. 
Um, I was a little bit disappointed to see that though, because I couldn't help but think to myself, you know, something like bamboo has a lot of value to the cliffside. Yeah. So taking it down, um, cutting it down is certainly, Miss Susie says it's used for rafting, but it certainly has an impact on the, even when a little bit of rain comes, the ability for the um, mountainside, the cliffside to actually, you know, stay intact. Like all that foliage can help keep the rocks in place. Now, of course, if you have a major rain, I guess, you know, it's coming down no matter what you do. But then, you know, that messes up the road. So anybody looking to open up a business in Jamaica? By the way, we're going to talk about that security company who wants to come to Cayman. Please don't come. Just stay right where you are. We don't need you here. I'm not trying to be rude, but we really don't need another security company here. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about that this morning, too. But anyway, so listen, um, you got to be careful how you use and abuse and take advantage of Mother Nature because certain things are in place, whether it is for us, you know, um, our, uh, what's it called now? Our... I'm looking at them in my brain and can't think of the name. Our, they're found by the, the ocean side. They help. Um, oh gosh, what are they called? What are those plants called that we, we need to protect? Oh Lord, have mercy. Look at the brain already. Um, help me out here now, folks. What's it called? Mm, are people always be trying to destroy? Mm-hmm. Google it, says Jonathan, but I can't. Mangroves. Thank you, Moya. Yes, Shana Lee and Moya are mangroves. You know, the mangroves are important to the survival um, of this, this country. And of there's a lot of things that actually live in, um, in the mangroves. And so we need to um, turn off notifications for WhatsApp. Hold on. Let me do this real quick. I'm going to go into my notification settings. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, really important that we um, we do our best to try to protect things like the mangroves, right? Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, they, they have a place in protecting whether it's like the ocean life or the, the you know, I mean, I just don't know what's wrong with people. Uh, we we are destroying this earth faster than it can. I see Jonathan says, well, you know, they can rebuild so quickly. But the problem is, as human beings, we are taking such a toll on the earth. The the trash, um, somebody sent me the one from West Bay. You know, every time I visit a country, I look at my surroundings, how clean the country is. Because normally that's an indication of a lot of things. Garbage just thrown everywhere. You know, you've got people who have these garbage, but not, oh, just throw it in that hole. I'm just like, do you know that this stuff seeps into the ground? It impacts our drinking water. It It's not good for Mother Nature. Plastic doesn't just disappear. I mean, there's so many things that we need to be doing a better job at. And we just think, oh, Earth is ours to use and abuse and to throw everything at. And we're all okay with it. I'm just like, Lord, have mercy. Ah. <sighs> Alejandro says, actually, bamboo takes about five years to sprout and a few months to grow. Mm -mm -mm. I tell you, 
What? Jonathan, uh, Johan, we're coming to that a bit later on. Bamboo is one of the fastest growing plants. Well, uh, nothing is faster than a than a human being with a machete or a big um, cutting device because we just destroy everything. Mm. Shannon Lee says, I remember using bamboo to make kites um, as a kid during my vacation in Manchester. Oh, that's nice. Good morning, Miss Sanya. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. So, yes, the mangroves, they are another uh, dire need of, of some help, some protection. Alejandro talks about how they hold together the coastline with their roots. Um, and people keep cutting them down. Yeah. Huh. All right. So let's get into some, some heavier topics now. Um, so first of all, let me congratulate the PAC government for finally signing the code of conduct. This is good. Don't forget, folks, you can call into the show, 936-BOBO. It remains a telephone number, 936-2626. So my apologies. The PAC government announced yesterday that um, all elected members and official members of the parliament have signed the parliamentary code of conduct, which was delivered to the clerk of the court. Yay! Where's my applaud button? Because we've been waiting on this for a minute, honey. Chill. Good for you, Pat government. Hallelujah. There you go. Uh, We've been waiting for this. It was promised. Um, Premier Panton did promise this, and he's delivered. Uh, But, of course, he can only deliver his government. So listen, you know. Um, The truth of the matter is, I feel like sometimes Premier Panton is a little bit too nice. Mm -mm -mm. Child, he needs to hang out with me so I can teach him a little something about being salty and rude when it when it's warranted. Now, I'm not a rude person by nature, but there's some times when you gotta be feisty, honey child. You know, people like to take advantage of you if you're not. Y'all, y'all didn't get the memo. I'm telling y'all, this is truth. If people think you're a fool, they take your, what my aunt used to say, they take your sweetness, um, your kindness for, um, what's the term she used to use? They take your kindness for weakness, yes. Right. And so sometimes that's exactly what's going on. People see him. He can be a little bit soft spoken, although I am quite, quite sure that Premier Panton has a salty side to him. Honey, Jill, he won them from Savannah. Now, you know, you got to keep an eye on them, honey, because they'd be salty. You don't even know that they're being salty with you. <laughs> so. um, So listen, you know the one thing that he didn't really want to tell anybody is the fact that uh, the opposition has had this for quite some time and they've been sitting on it. And then when the whole thing came up with uh, Mr. Bush, they acted and the comments that they made would have you believe that they did not even have a copy of it and that it wasn't being done. And oh yeah, the government needs to deliver that code of conduct, you know, politics. I tell you, not much has changed. I'm sure. So I'm like, what? They've had it all this time, but you see Premier Panton didn't want to call him out. He didn't want to put him like, yeah, they've had it. They've been actually the holdup because <laughs> we're waiting on them to give their comment, their feedback, and they have done zilch, nada, zero with it. And I'm thinking, why don't you just tell the people this? No, 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 we don't want them to look bad. I'm like, really? The tr- if the truth makes you look bad, then you got a problem. Hmm? That means that you are simply not doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
But you know what we say around here? Tell the truth and shame the devil. We don't care who the truth makes look bad. Just do it. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, the whole document is here. It talks about a number of different things, official travel, upholding the code, sanctions, gifts, respect, rules of conduct. We're going to spend, I think, a day dissecting it a bit more. But needless to say, um, you know, it's decent, honesty. Some of y'all could work on that. (laughs) Holders of public office should be truthful. Oh, Lord. Imagine if we really held them accountable for that. Some of y'all would definitely be getting fired. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all from West Bay, you're less than truthful. Remember how you wanted a certain position and you lied that you didn't want to be Speaker of the House? And we were right here saying, yes, you do. And you out there lobbying people and not just lobbying people, but you were threatened to pull the government apart because you wanted to speak of the house and you lied, you lied, you lied, you lied, even to your own supporters. And you had your supporters messaging me about Sandy. She not gonna lie about that. And I said, really? Y'all a fool. Y'all are a proper, proper fool. Educated, but still a fool. What do you mean? You think I would, I would make such a bold statement if I didn't have my facts in order and I could not back it up? Some of y'all want position just for position's sake and you've not even earned it. I told y'all in 2023, I'm going to be saltier than ever. And if you got a problem with it, please change the dial (laughs) because it's not going to change. Anyway, honesty, Mm -hmm. openness, accountability, leadership. Some of them not leaders. They need a bit of training. A selflessness, Lord Jesus. That's number one on the list. General principles of conduct is the heading. Selflessness. Oh, God. Imagine if all of our politicians were selfless. Oh, honey child. What would we do with ourselves? We wouldn't know what to do. Because the concept of them being selfless is like, oh. Mm, mm, mm. No, sir. Not going to happen. Well, um, you know, on paper, it looks good. (laughs) We're going to see exactly um, how it pans out for us. Mm -hmm. I'm curious um, to see. They've signed it. It's a first step, and it's a good step in the right direction. Openness. Um, Holders of public office should act and and take decisions in an open and transparent manner. (laughs) Yes, sir. This is going to be something. Um, I saw over the holidays, by the way, that that Minister Jay was getting a little bit of flack for, not a little bit, for allowing um, McKeever Bush to attend trips in some sort of official capacity. Apparently, we the people. We're paying for it as some sort of an attache or something. One day we got to break that down and talk about that because I suspected that that's what was happening. Couldn't get confirmation on who was paying for the travel. And I think CNS, kudos to Wendy, flushed out that story. And to this day, I'm sitting here scratching my head thinking, how on earth did we allow this to happen? Now, I'm pretty sure I've said this before. But in case we didn't get the memo, those of you who are in, who are newer elected officials, some of you, this is your first term. Some of you might be in your second term now. 
you think you're the cat's meow, let us remind you that the people actually voted and put you in public office. Let me also remind you that the things that MPs could do 20, 25, maybe even 30 years ago and get away with, we the people will no longer tolerate. So I don't know why y'all getting getting in, in McKeever's backside and kissing his rear end and making him some sort of demagogue and thinking that, oh, you can follow his lead with the foolishness that he has done for the past 40 years. Listen to the people very, very carefully. The people have had enough and we don't want that type of representation or that type of behavior from our elected officials anymore. And if you align yourself with certain individuals, when it comes time to have them chopped off at the knees, notice how close he came last time to not getting elected. You tell me he can retire this time, we will see, right? You're going to be direct collateral damage because you've aligned yourself politically with someone who has no behavior and who clearly has no self-control. And we question how much of the best interests of the people, you know, do these elders, if you will, really, really have. They need to go. The age of the dinosaurs is over. But some of these newer ones, it's like they, they, they see the glory days of where the MPs could do whatever they want, the bad behavior. The, the, listen, I mean, when I tell you bad behavior, it's atrocious what MPs have traditionally been able to get away with in this country. So now they come along and they grew up, I guess, worshiping and respecting these individuals for bad behavior, by the way. And now they think, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to prop him up. He can, he can travel with me. He can be my bosom buddy. Up to no good when they travel to Jamaica and we'd be getting the news back and the photos and the WhatsApp messages and all the kind of scandalous behavior they'd be going on with. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. All you're doing is chopping it. Listen, it's like shooting yourself in the foot. You know, it's not going to ultimately benefit you. And someone just said, um, let me just see this message here. Someone said, yes, honey child. And it's not just Mr. Bush. Uh, Jay is taking a whole entourage of people all over the place, including Jamaica. Jamaica, Honduras. Y'all listen, when you go to these places, you're not really that far from home. And people know people that know people that know people. Remember when they took the trip to Honduras and within a minute we had the video of them walking through the airport in Honduras? <laughs> yeah. Because somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows my road. And then next thing you know, we get in the video. Talking about they get an escort through the airport. I'm like, oh yeah. And this is right after his last incident. I'm like, why is he there? What is wrong with you guys? Oh my God. Sometimes you feel like they must have brains made out of coconuts. You know, not much meat some of them got in that head because it don't make no damn sense. Anyway, we'll see. Because I think they are very much understanding uh, the point that um, we not really into this, the, the mix-up with these old heads. They need to go for a reason. Yeah. Well, um, somebody says, speaking of prizes, where and when can I collect mine? You need to get yours like yesterday. 
<laughs> we were hoping that you guys would have collected them before Christmas. Um, Miss Armor over at Miracle Brokers has been gracious enough to allow us to use her facility for the prize giveaways. If you've not gotten your prize yet, folks, go today. I don't want to inconvenience her anymore, right? Her business, they're busy, they got stuff to do, and they've been kind of helping us out. So please go and collect your prizes. All right. Someone says, miss the green space that used to be in front of the courthouse years ago with the ficus hedging. Yes, honey child, they keep tearing up that... <sighs> They keep tearing up that fountain area and they redo it and repave it. And somebody has a lot of money to waste on this Georgetown revitalization project. Now, mind you, now that their street, that one street is finally done, Cardinal Avenue is finally done. And we spent God knows how much because we need to FOI it. Uh, let me let me write a little note to myself about that. FOI, here's my to-do list. I need to find out how much money we actually spent on Cardinal Avenue. Mm. F-O-I, Cardinal Avenue. All right, that's on my to-do list now. Yes, honey child. Oh, yes, I need to F-O-I Pirates Week too. See, what a Pirates Fest. How much money we waste on that this year. Uh-huh. Okay, any other F-O-I's we need to be sending in, honey child? Let me add it to my list. Um. Yes, I mean, that looks okay. It looks decent. I see the tourists kind of using it. I think part of it is still a drive-through street. It's a little bit confusing, but you know, what would a government project be like without a bit of confusion? Um, it adds green greenery. We've added some trees. All right, okay. Two years time, they'll be digging it up again. <laughs> I am sick and tired of wasting money digging up these these roadways and projects. Now between Hero Square. And the little, I think it's all considered part of Hero Square because part of it goes on the other side of the courthouse with the plaques and the names of all the, you know, seafarers. All kind. They keep digging them up just the other day. They were there digging up the fountain yet again. I am just like, why? Why is it because we get such poor workmanship that there's a leak, there's a problem? Why do we keep digging it up? They took out the benches because they claimed they didn't want homeless people sitting there, uh, haggling people and bothering people. And I thought to myself, um, okay, so we got all of two homeless people who are mental health patients who need to be put in a proper facility who hang out there and you dig up the whole place because of that. How about just addressing the two people that need the help? You know? Uh, it's ridiculous to be quite frank and honest because we just keep pumping more and more money and, and a lot of us are not understanding the logic of it at all. Hmm. I hope in this code of conduct, it talks about wasting the people money because we need to talk about that. Hmm. They talk about respect. <laughs> Yes, honey child, we can break that one down here in a minute because I have a few questions about what's going on with the protocol office when it comes to respect. And I hear some MPs have been less than respectful to the protocol office. Are we ready to go there yet? Woo, honey child. 2023 gonna be hot around here. Uh-huh. A couple of MPs gonna be pissed off, but ask if we care. 
They have a whole section on gifts. Wow, there's a lot of coverage of gifts. That's where they be trying to get kickbacks and stuff. Mm. Official travel, upholding the code, application to ex-official members. So the ex-official members would be people like the Attorney General, France Manderson. Who else is an ex-official member? All right, so they've all signed it November the 11th. Some sign it later than that. I see the premier and deputy premier sign it first. We got um, Juliana signed it, Bernie Bush, Honorable Kenneth Bryan, Honorable Sabrina Turner, Andre, uh, Yohani Ebanks, uh, Isaac, Dwayne Seymour, Heather Bodden. Oh, look at Miss Heather. She got a fancy signature, honey child. Oh, she's got a beautiful handwriting. She reminds me of my uncle um, that I grew up with in the States. Uncle Willie, he was only a janitor, but let me tell you something. He had the most beautiful penmanship that I have to this day even ever seen in my life. I swear the man must have learned calligraphy in school. I have a letter somewhere. I've got it stashed away in my memorabilia section. Of I have a letter from him where he wrote me many, many, many years ago. And the penmanship, so flowery and beautiful, her signature, and even how, look at how she writes her N in November. Wow, that's beautiful. He had penmanship like that. Absolutely gorgeous. Dwayne Seymour. Oh, that's an interesting signature. Hmm. Yes, sir. And even Makiva Bush signed it. <laughs> look at, oh, oh, Mac. You know, I got, look, look at Mac's, um, <laughs> look at Mac's date. What happened to the 6th and the 26th? It almost looks like he was going to do the 5th, 25th, and then change it to the 6th. Y'all notice that? Can y'all see that? It's been changed. If I was a handwriting expert, I'd be like, hmm, this is interesting. And he's the only person. Here's something else. Oh, actually, no, Bernie Bush did the same thing. This is kind of interesting. Handwriting analysis. They both put a little dot after the, the year, the 22nd. See how Bernie put a dot right there? And McKeeva did the same thing. He put a dot. Huh. All right. So now we got the opposition left to sign it. Opposition members, you have no excuse. France Manderson and Samuel Bolgen, they've signed it as ex-official members. Good. So I'm waiting to hear what their excuse is going to be. Because you know they're going to come up with um, some sort of an excuse now about why they can't sign it. Oh, well, we weren't consulted, which would be a lie because they were, and they've not provided any feedback on it whatsoever. Uh, Johan says, imagine that PPM done nothing, nada, zilt, zero, <laughs> but been bitter and behaved like spoiled children because they aren't the government. They failed to show up to parliament and now make zero contributions to the parliamentary code of conduct. Yes. Why are they even collecting a paycheck? Johan says, well, y'all can change that in the next election because I too have questions about it. Oh, Ms. Brenda's asking about the increase in um, Cayman Airways baggage fee. Yeah. Miss hmm. Darlene says, I often wonder if the salary for politicians was cut in half, how many would stay on and run for office? Hmm, just saying. Mm-hmm. And Ms. Brenda goes on to say, just remember that to lead, you have to be a leader, not a follower, not a yes man. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a hot mess. 
936 Bobo. And you can also call me on my WhatsApp because we got that all figured out now where you can get on. I know some of you overseas and stuff like that. We can pull you in on WhatsApp on that line. Not on the 936 number though. That one is, well, I guess we answer it. So we can pull you in that way. Yeah. Mr. Amelia. Hey, honey, child. What's up? Happy New Year. Um, Mr. Arlene says, yes. And now that we're on Cardinal Avenue, what a big waste of money. Thought it would have much more uh, on like local music and attractions, especially with the, when the ships are in. Well, that stuff is easy to add. I don't know who that falls under. Tourism, maybe. Culture, that's another ministry. But all of those elements are really easy to add. But I do think that the, re the so-called revitalization of Georgetown should include more than paving a road, making it pedestrian only, and adding um, one or two little trees. So I agree with Miss Darlene a thousand percent. Let's revitalize it um, so that it is a bit more, uh, you know, full of life. <laughs> the, the very meaning of revitalization. No, sir. What a mess. All right. So, oh, yes, we got a caller in the line. Good morning, caller. Happy New Year. Good morning, lady host. And Hello, darling. How are you? So nice to hear that I, voice. Oh, I am so, so grateful. So grateful. Someone uh. was asking, what's your word for 2023? Mine is grateful. Yes. And I thought to myself, oh, they stole my word. I've been saying that all my life. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so I don't have a new word. Okay. It remains grateful. Maybe Attitude of gratitude. Grateful. I love it. Yeah, absolutely grateful. If, you know, as they say, you might see my glory, but you don't know my story. Amen and to that, honey. And with that said, I have every reason to be grateful. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, I heard that you went to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. and that's one of my favorite, favorite places in the world. I don't care what they want to say about it. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Just love it. Just love it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, love the food, love the scenery, love the people, love the culture, love that they are Jamaican. Yes. And you, know, and you know what? Can I just say, caller, that everywhere I went, even Duns River, you know, I didn't see nobody else running Duns River but Jamaicans. But Jamaicans had the stalls. Anywhere. Jamaicans were the tour guides. Jamaicans right. were doing everything. I didn't see no Asians, no Thank nobody you. else. It was Jamaicans at the forefront right. of you know their and, own country. And as they say, and we chat the language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, I love Jamaica, and mm -hmm. like I said, I'm very very biased, you know, to Jamaica as you know my favorite Caribbean island, apart mm -hmm. from. You know, home sweet home. Yes. But anyway, sometimes I have to wonder where I am when I am here, you mm. know. 
I, yeah, set up with no, no humor added to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I have two little things. But mm-hmm. before I go any further, I would like to offer my condolences to yes. and her brother, Leroy, and the rest of the family. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah, so I, I was just getting, thank you for mentioning that, because I was just getting a few messages this morning. Um, yeah. to say that McCharlene's mom had passed away. So as, um, you know, she's often here listening on the program, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we feel like we are a family. And, yeah, um, part of the CMR family. Yes, absolutely. We all want to um, extend our condolences to her because I know she yes. had been there yeah. caring for her mom and it was just so mm-hmm. sad to hear that news today. Yes. And and I, and I would take that a step further to say, uh, to say that, and I don't mind. She, I don't think she'd mind mm-hmm. saying this. Mm-hmm. You know that um, if anyone you know wants to reach out to her mm-hmm. or for any kind of assistance, yes. you know it's just her. And um, I believe she would really appreciate that. You know, yeah. uh, not just condolences, but just to ask. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. if she needs assistance with anything. So absolutely, um, you know, you, just a little bit of time is sometimes yeah. a big help and so, you know e- even sometimes when she'd call in on this show we could hear her mom in the background and yes, she'd say mommy i don't yes. come i don't come yes, and you know yes. um it's it's difficult being a, a caregiver for um a parent i think especially and mm-hmm. uh, an elderly member of the family but you know that that time that you spend with them uh mm-hmm. becomes part of your life and your daily routine mm-hmm. so i'm sure poor um charlene is at a loss for what to even do without her mother. I mean, mm-hmm. anyone who loses a mother knows that feeling, yeah. but even more so when for many, many years, you know, you would have been there for them um, as their caregiver. Yeah. So yeah, and, we really extend our condolences to her. Yeah. And another, another part of that is, you know, even though there might be a caretaker in the home, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I can speak from personal experience, you know, with my mother, um she had a caretaker but my sister was really her unpaid caretaker because Mm -hmm. you know she was very very attached to that daughter and well it was a two-way street really and um that was who made her happy she wanted her company she wanted her to cook for her my mother had gone blind and obviously i think she didn't trust to eat from anyone else and um and that was the daughter, the child that she wanted to be around her. And it became basically a full-time job for my sister. Mm. And, um, and she was, you know, she was the unpaid caretaker, as I say, you know, because those who are being paid, believe me, you need mm. to be a busher mm. to make sure that the right thing is doing. And imagine the elderly person now being blind mm. and they can't really see what's going on. Mm. But anyway. You know, as the, as my sister says, I'm the Rottweiler. So, you know, I was I was keeping watch. Anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so moving on, um, the, uh, about, um, I guess I should say the shortest one first, mm-hmm. which is this increase in luggage fees, Cayman Airways. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to say this, baffles me that, you know, this is the approach is being taken when people have asked um, why jump from two 
three pieces of luggage for suddenly charging for each piece of luggage, mm-hmm. $20 for one piece, for the first piece, second piece, third piece is $50. And, you know, it was asked and even suggested, well, why not just, you know, allow the first piece free, second piece $20, third piece $50, mm-hmm. and so on. The Cayman Airways ticket is already more expensive than any other ticket. and. You know, what made it really attractive was the free luggage. Now, I support my airline. I'm proud to know that we have a fly carrier. But, you know, it's all about common sense and marketing. So I don't know whose bright idea it was, first of all, to start charging for the luggage. And now I don't know whose genius idea it is to increase the charges. and. You have the other airlines flying into Miami, going into Fort Lauderdale, mm-hmm. and people just taking those flights and driving down to Miami. Mm. So my, my question is, could somebody explain to us, well, what's the common sense approach here? I mean, please do not tell me mm-hmm. that it's because, you know, you need to make more money. Well, I would suggest then you concentrate on flying to the right destinations mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. stop flying to certain destinations. Hmm. Concentrate on where the airline does make money and they know where that destination is and provide pro- proper flight times and so on mm-hmm. to that destination. Okay. Now, the other one is something that I've been talking about for many, many years. Yes. And it's not just this administration or the previous administration, it goes back quite mm, a while mm-hmm. that I've been talking about this. And this, and I don't care that anybody wants to make the excuse, oh, but we can't tell the U.S. what to do, or oh, we don't have the population. Mm-hmm. Okay? Anyway, um, I'm wondering when any administration is going to address problem that we Caymanians have mm-hmm. with trying to get a U.S. visa. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a first time. Ooh, honey, you're hitting, some, you're hitting yeah. some topics here today. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I, I was waiting. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to bring this up during the Christmas time. You yes. know, because clearly it was going to get lost. And so I stored it for the new year. Mm-hmm. And I and now it agitates me even more. Yes. Because I'm going to share a little experience. Mm-hmm. Well, it, was, it wasn't little, but something that happened to me mm-hmm. in November. Mm-hmm. And bear with me if I get my ears mixed up here now, because I think the air is, what, three or four days old? Yeah. So just, yeah, just bear with me. Yes. So I'll try to say the years. Um, so in July... 2021, I did a renewal for my U.S. visa, which was expiring in August. I could not do it any sooner because of circumstances that prevented me from doing it. And, you know, I was told, oh, you know, don't worry. You'll just get an email saying, don't send the pass. Um, sorry, ignore the appointment. Just send the passport. But that email did not come. What I did get was... Um, we require an in-person interview. 
And that was cemented by reconfirmations. And this is July 2021. And the earliest appointment I could get was December 2022. Okay? 18 months forward. Mm -hmm. And so I kept the appointment. And um, they had a standard questionnaire. And, you know, they treat those Jamaican people like they're dogs. They talk to them like they're dogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you watch them, they're like dogs when they bristle, ready to attack. And so they had a standard. I, I was the only Caymanian there that day. And they, when it was, and I was the last person that got seen. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, because when it was my turn to get to the window, the woman pulled the blind down. She just refused that person to pull the blind down. And then she said something to me. And I said, pardon me. And she said, oh, what if my colleagues will assist you? And so I just stepped back. And then the other lady who walks up and down, you know, she came and she said, what happened? I said, she closed the window. She said, oh, I'm sorry. She said, well, come over here and you'll see this officer. Did that, like I said, the last person to be seen. Mm. And got to the officer and um, gave him my passport, my Cayman Islands, Oregon mm. passport, mm -hmm. Cayman Islands, British passport. He proceeded to ask me the same questions. And then he, well, which I suspected why they wanted the in-person interview. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not going to get into the details, but I was right. That was what it was. So he proceeded to ask me the same questions. And then he suddenly said, oh, you're, you're a Cayman citizen. Mm. I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, he said, well, clearly they had done their background check on me. Because even knew what insurance I had here in Cayman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then he said, oh, okay. And I just saw him look at the screen. He said, oh, it's approved. And then mm. he, he, all, the, all the bristles went down. And, you know, countenance had changed and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then he said to me, he said, when are you leaving? My appointment was on a Friday. Mm -hmm. said, when are you leaving? I said, on Sunday. And he said, okay, well, and I said, I can leave the passport with you because I can travel home on my yes. UK passport. He said, oh, okay. And he said, all right, well, we'll send it to you. Mm -hmm. So you'll get your passport in about a week. I was looking around in there and I noticed I didn't see the DHL desk anymore. And but let me just back up to say that when you're now making your application, you are being charged up front for DHL. Okay. Yes. And you get your and you get your receipt for that. Anyway, mm -hmm. so but you know, just to make sure, I said to him, okay, so where do I go to pay? Oh no, no, that's all taken care of. Normally, they give you a little ticket, a little thing, you know, with a thing on it, stating that, you know, you did get approval. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I didn't get that. I just kind of figured, you know, trying to go paperless. And um, and then I said, okay, so do you need me to give you the address where to send my passport in Cayman? Oh, no, no, we have all that information. I said, okay, thank you. I left. And I came home the Sunday. And that Wednesday... I received an email saying that my passport was ready to be picked up. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying picked up, picked up from where? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I was responding. Well, it was one of these do not reply 
emails. Mm. And I went through a whole pile of stuff. I found, mm-hmm. and after contacting people, got an address, email address that I could write to. I called every phone number that is listed there. You don't get an answer. And those that you do get an answer from, it's really not for Caymanians. It's designed for other people. Anyway, and I even ended up calling the passport office here to see if they could assist me. Okay. And um, anyway, calling, 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 calling. Finally, finally, well, I had written two emails to the email address. And all I got was the automated reply. And um, I finally called a number, which I got an answer. A person answered that one. And basically, they were just robotic, just answering good morning, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm saying what's going on. You know, I'm saying I'm a Cayman citizen. I got this email. My passport should have been sent to the Cayman Islands. You know, can you tell me where my passport is? And that person is telling me, oh, well, they can't tell me anything. They're not allowed to interrupt the officers, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that was the first time. Then, as I kept, you know, waiting for a response to one of my emails, because I'd written two by that time, Mm -hmm. still no reply. And I decided to call again. So I went through the same exercise. Finally, got a person again. And I spoke to that person and I said, I'm not sure who it was I spoke to, but you know, I don't know whether the person couldn't assist me or didn't want to assist me. And I said again what the story was. And I said, I need to know where my passport is. Someone has to be able to tell me where my passport has gone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, at this, if, if no one is going to assist me, I said, then the only option that you leave me with is to go to my government and ask them to help me retrieve my passport. Mm -hmm. And I really don't want to have to do that. Mm -hmm. But I guess that got their attention. And then I was told, hold on. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I was paying for every minute of the call. Mm -hmm. And came back on the phone and said, okay, here's an email address you can write to. And while they were giving me the address, I said, but I've written to that email twice already. Mm-hmm. And I have explained that I'm only getting these automated replies. That's not what I need. I need a human being to mm-hmm. communicate with me. I need to know where my passport is, you know. And I said, right. by the way, the passport is not even mine. The passport belongs to the magistrate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do I report here? Anyway, um, so finally, um. I, I was sent an email then telling me where my passport had gone. And of course, it didn't come to Cayman. Okay. Hmm. So, with that, then I'm writing, I wrote another email mm-hmm. saying again where the passport should have been sent. And, you know, I have the receipt that I paid DHL. And by the way, I paid for two legs to DHL. I was already losing one because I left the passport in Jamaica. And mm-hmm. so by the, by this time, you know, I'm frantic and spoke to someone here. Luckily, um, someone at their office was going to Jamaica. They had an appointment there. And they said they would ask that person if they would be willing, you know, to try to collect my passport for mm-hmm. me. Because I, I know you can do a third party pickup. And did the letter, got it notarized, all the 
um, specified attachments, notarized, did everything. Mm-hmm. And even printed the email and stuff. And, you know, with the address now where they sent my passport. And the person was leaving the Thursday. Their appointment was the Friday. So the Wednesday got another email. And that email said, oh, you know, we can request a recall on your passport. Before I could reply to that, I got another email that said, oh, we have done a recall on your passport. And before I could reply to that, I then got another email the Thursday morning saying, your passport is now back. So so just to kind of wrap it up a little bit. So the Mm -hmm. bottom line is there's a lot of um, communication issues that are happening in relation to trying to go through this process. And so your recommendation then is government pushes to have um, this process done locally. Yeah. Well, like just to say, you know, as they say, all that, uh, what, how does it go? All is well that ends well. Mm-hmm. And, and the point I'm making here is apart from it being very expensive, a very expensive process, just to go to Jamaica and, you know, get to the embassy and then, Something like this now happens because I've never heard of this happening before to anyone. And, you know, it could all be avoided. And no one is going to tell me that this cannot happen in Cayman Mm -hmm. because I remember back in the 60s, these people used to come down like quarterly. That's Mm -hmm. when they Mm -hmm. called it the government, uh, sorry, they called it the administration building. And Mm -hmm. the one that burnt down. And that is where they had an office there with Miss Beverly Panton. And people just went there and they were granted visas, U.S. visas, not waivers, mm-hmm. visas. So no one is going to tell me that if they made this a priority for us Caymanians, that it can't happen. If we can have a U.S. consulate office here to attend to the needs of the Americans, why can't we have one here to attend to the needs of the Cayman Islands citizens? Mm. Thank this you so much. Very, very expensive process, very nerve-wracking process. And I wanted to tell the story, and I'm sorry I took so much time, but it yes. wouldn't make sense if I didn't give the details. So I'm I appreciate it. that someone will look at this as a necessary thing to do for Caymanians. Okay? Thank you for allowing me. I, I really, really appreciate it. And, and um, you know, to the caller's point... Um, and we did want to give her time. I know the, the story was a bit long, but we did want to give her time to try to explain what was happening because it definitely sounds like a, a bit of a back and forth. But to the caller's point, you know, a couple of days ago, someone messaged me as well uh, just yesterday and they said, good afternoon. I know that you're on vacation. Happy New Year. Um, did you hear ever hear anything about Keyman um, getting its own uh, Jamaica office here? Remember back in the days we could send our passport to Jamaica. I heard that today that Cayman office could, um, I think they meant to say could be here. Could you please check this out? Thanks and blessings. Enjoy the rest of the evening. So I think that this is a sentiment that a lot of people have shared. Uh, why can't we have, even for student visas, the handling of our student visas and other things, why can't those things be processed locally? Now, as I was listening to this caller, She reminded me that I have a bone to pick and I don't even know who I'm picking it with exactly because I think it might actually be the Jamaican representatives, but Cayman needs to push for this to happen. 
So let me refresh your memories in case y'all have forgotten, because I know how short memories can be. Remember when we introduced the um, requirement for Jamaicans to have a visa to come to the Cayman Islands? So if memory serves me correctly, this happened right after Hurricane Ivan, because honey child, we were getting all sorts of undesirables, not just from Jamaica, from Honduras and other places, because, you know, Ivan had just hit and every Tom, Dick and Harry wanted to come here and pretend like they were in the construction business and they were this expert and they were that expert and they wanted to set up shop and, and take advantage of the good people that came in islands. And as a result, we were actually importing some known hardcore criminals. So the government at the, of the day, and y'all have to remind me, because I don't know, who was the government of the day? I can't remember, but whoever it was, when was Ivan? I think that would have been, was that under McKeever's government? I can't remember whose, whose government it was, but the government of the day, um, you know, said we're going to now require uh, visas for Jamaican nationals. Mm -mm. Well, as y'all might recall, CMR wasn't around then, but I, I recall, thank you, Ms. Bonnie. Ms. Bonnie said it was 2004 and it was Mr. Bush's government. I recall the controversy, honey, Jill. Ooh, Jamaicans were all up in arms. They were so upset. Oh no, y'all can't do this. And I thought to myself, hold on. If, if y'all were, <laughs> were friends with me back then, you would know. I was like, hold on a second, Jamrock. Yes, we can do that because this is all about protecting our borders. I get it. You guys are right next door. We have very close history, et cetera. But hello, turn on your yard, protect your yard first. That's everybody's philosophy. That's how the world works, right? I don't fault Jamaica when they implement things to protect their own borders. I don't fault the United States of America when they do things to protect their own borders. Your citizens should come first when it comes to the government of the day. Simple, simple formula. And applies to everybody around the world. I'm not going to say, okay, that's what Caymanians believe or what we want, and then turn around and say, well, Americans shouldn't do it to protect their country. No. Now, I don't want y'all to think that this is xenophobic or that you're taking it to some extreme degree. No, 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 no. That's not what this is about. We all have to understand how the world works in terms of migration, immigration. You know, the United States of America, funny enough, um, I was reading an article last night about how millions of Americans are leaving America to go elsewhere. And you know where they go? This should be a trivia question. What is the number one country that they're actually migrating to? Y'all would find this interesting because <laughs> I found it interesting because I was like, what? That was a bit of a information for me. I had no clue. I'm like, hmm. Americans are migrating there more than anywhere else in the world? Let me see if I can find the article, because it's very, very interesting. Nonetheless, right? Protect your borders. So this is something that, as Caymanians, we need to do. Well, Jamaica and all their saltiness mm -hmm, decided that they were going to reciprocate the favor. They said, oh, you want a visa for us? Well, we know that you have to come to Jamaica to get your American visas, your student visas, your visitors visas, blah, 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 to get into the United States of America. A lot of you guys are married to, to um, Jamaicans. So if you come here with a Cayman passport, we're going to require a visa for you. It was a tit for tat situation. And it was really unfortunate because it demonstrated the pettiness of the Jamaican government of the day. And again, I can't remember who was in power then. I don't know if it was JLP, PNP, PPP, PPEE. -E. I don't know and don't really care who it was. 
But this demonstrated the pettiness of the Jamaican people. When I say people, I mean the government, not the average person on the street, right? So they reciprocated. They put it in place for us. Now, what has happened? Mm -hmm. In typical fashion, um, let me look at this thing about Americans. I'm going to tell you something. Um, what has happened that's of particular interest in typical Cayman fashion, we always water things down because y'all know us already. We can do something and just stick to it and say, okay, we're going to put our foot down and this is what it's going to be. Ooh, Cayman is not going to backbone. Yeah. Very little backbone. Let me put it that way. The backbone of what's that little fish call that has bone in it? but the bone is so soft that you could just chew the bone and eat it. Um, like sardines, you know, sardines bones are just really soft and brittle. That came, that's a lot of Caymanians for you. We might have a spine, we might have a backbone, but it's so brittle, you might as well not even have one. The level of pettiness of reciprocating this milkfish, says Alejandro, was just really, really ridiculous. And so, yes, sprats, Miss Bonnie says, yeah, they, they're so soft, they're soft. They, that came out in sphere. We're the sprats of the ocean, yeah? Mm-hmm. So they put it in place for us, and it was there, I think, for a couple years. And then came Manions jump up and talk about, oh, um, okay, then. We're, we're going to remove it for children and elderly. So it doesn't apply. Uh, I need to double check the age, but I think it's, is it 12 and under or 15 and under? And then anyone who is um, older than, I think it's 70, no longer need to get a visa. We did that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes sense. However, it was never reciprocated. Jamaica didn't say, oh, that's a little bit of an olive branch. Keep in mind that our government ministers, even in this administration, running to Jamaica every two minutes Kissing the rear end of, um, who's the prime minister right now? Um, Andrew Holiness. Shaking his hand. Um, it, dining and whining with him and his people. Pretending like they got all kind of money. And they flaunting the, their rear end up in Jamaica. No one has ever thought to say, oh, Andrew, my brother, my friend. Since we all pretending now like we're going to be first cousins with people in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has recurred to me, brother Andrew that you still have this thing in place and Cayman has lifted some elements of it, why didn't you reciprocate that? Isn't that interesting? So let me, let me make sure you all understand what I'm saying. I have a six-year-old daughter. She has a Cayman passport and a UK passport. I haven't found the time to renew her UK passport. So it's currently expired. She got a Cayman passport. I had to go get a bank draw for a hundred and odd dollars US. And I, I want to say thank you to the lady that works at the Jamaican consulate. Very, very um, nice lady. Very helpful. Because of all the holidays, I had to get it done very, very quickly. She accommodated me. Seemed they turn around. Right? But Caymanian children, five months old, six months old, a year, five, six, whatever, we have to be paying money for our children. Yes? Pay attention now. To get a visa to visit Jamaica. But Jamaican children don't have to get a visa to come in this direction. What is good for the goose is good for the gander. We're only asking for equal treatment here. 
So all I'm saying is, yeah, if we found it in our little um, diplomatic hearts to lift it for certain elements of the Jamaican community, which I think is right, children and elderly people, they're not likely to be much of a concern. Why has that not been reciprocated in the opposite direction? So somebody just said, if you have a UK passport, you don't need a visa. I get that. That's not my point. My point is, Cayman has lifted it in the opposite direction. Why have they not said, just even as an olive branch, okay, because you know they only put it in a place, in the first place, to be salty to us. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, I wonder how much money, and I don't know how much it is, but I'm just wondering, they're actually making off of our people now having to even get a visa to go to, you know, it dawned on me that maybe they recognize that although they initially did it with bad intent, that this is a good way to make some money on the backside of the people that came in islands. I'm just wondering, because, uh, you know, we put it in place for a reason, a legitimate reason. Now, let's counter this and think about how many of you all are going to Jamaica with the intent of um, just being a criminal? I'm not saying it doesn't happen, because we saw one who tried to swim there. Uh, I don't know where the hell he was swimming, really, but he ended up getting lost in the ocean and then eventually, years later, we found out he was in Jamaica and they ended up killing him there. So we got one or two that want to think they're gangsters and they're bad. Well, Jamaica had a place to send them, actually. I think we should all, <laughs> we should have a deal with Jamaica. You just take the prisoners because that'll solve that problem. Because they'll die in the streets like a dog. Because Jamaica, rough and tough and not playing with them. Right? So Jamaica had no legitimate reason to begin with to even put a visa requirement in place except they were just being feisty. Hmm. Now, Chris Saunders, where's Mr. Saunders? He is um, quite friendly with the Jamaican folks, the Jamaican contingents, political contingents. We've seen photos and whatever. Uh, Minister Jay has connections in Jamaica now, we understand, um, doing farming and their meeting and their, you know, couple trips already in his tenure, he's been to Jamaica. Uh, Minister Bush, has been there for God knows how long. Why has it been the case that none of our government officials have attempted to address this issue with the Jamaican government? This is easy. Why are you over there talking about let's bring in bananas and plantain? Can we lift this waiver for children and elderly? I mean, at least have it reciprocated at the same standard that we have done? You see, this is where I'm confused. Oh, we want to open up trade. We want to open up tourism with Jamaica, where we're going to have minister tourism. Yes, all of our ministers all up in Jamaica business. Okay? We want to do tourism where, where we can use their, their um, planes and their leg of the trip, and they can use ours, and we can, you know, uh, regional tourism, and we can help each other out and build on this and blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. Can we build on something that is actually a problem? That is quite easy to resolve, and we could resolve it forthwith. That's what I would like. Ms. Darlene said we're like jellyfish, no bones. Yes, Jerry Ann, we're the sprat and the mackerel of the sea. No 
backbone. And it's not a difficult thing to broach as a topic. Hmm. Ay, ay, ay. Aliano says we have backbone against our own, but roll over like dogs for the outsiders. Hmm. What a hot mess. Strong will. Says it wasn't petty. It needed to happen. You have criminals of all walks of life and came and need to do more for their citizens to prevent them from going to other countries, Jamaica, for documents for other countries. No, but I'm saying they were being petty to us. We actually had a legitimate reason based on what we were seeing that was happening at the time as to why we needed to do it. Jamaica only did it as a response to us doing it. And I mean, listen, that's their country. They have a right to do that. My point is, why would we run and go lift it when they were not even in conversations with us about doing it in the other direction? Mm -hmm. Y'all pay attention now. Because apparently, it's okay for certain people to do things in one direction, but heaven forbid, if Caymanians try to do it, then it's a problem. Speaking of that, let me just get to another topic this morning. Now, folks, we got so many topics over the holidays. I don't want y'all to think that um, we're going to be done with these anytime soon. We're going to revisit and dig deep into some of these discussions. We're going to go there. But another one that has been trending over the last couple of days, and then I want to talk about the Marriott Beat situation, is that Canada has implemented their um, new requirement where foreign investors cannot just run into Canada and purchasing property. Somebody said, you got sidetracked. Where do Americans go? Where do Americans go? Where do Americans go for what? I'm missing. Sorry, I miss, I'm missing that one. But yes, I mean, th this, is a very, uh, this is a very good question here, right? A very good point that the um, Canadians have brought up. Now, we covered this because, again, these things don't happen overnight. We covered this back on April the 8th of 2022 on CMR. Canada bans foreign homeowners as prices soar. So the price of real estate all over the world has been increasing. And one of the questions really is why? So Canada has determined that one of the reasons that their prices is skyrocketing is that they're having a lot of uh, foreign buyers who are coming in and buying condos, apartments, and single residential units. Okay? And that that has a direct impact on the ability of Canadians to then purchase property. My dear Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau introduced a two-year ban on foreign buying of homes as the country tries to deal with the housing affordability issue. Hmm. We reported this in April and apparently went into effect at the end of the year. And that's why a lot of the other media houses are now picking up the story again. Yeah. And Cayman is sitting here scratching her bonke and scratching her head. Going, what are we going to do about our situation? Now, let me say this. Before we make a decision, we need evidence 
to support the decision. Uh Uh-huh. So is it the case that foreign purchases have increased the price of housing quite ridiculously here in the Cayman Islands? We need to show that that is actually the case before we jump on a bandwagon like this and say, oh, well, we're going to do what the Canadians did. Not so fast, Speedy Gonzalez. I'm always about, hold on, before you make a decision, let's talk about what evidence we have to support or not support that decision one way or the other. In principle, this sounds like a great idea. We'll see how it works for the Canadians. But Canada and Cayman are not the same apple. (laughs) Understand that as well, right? How much does does Cayman rely and need foreign investment? How much do we need people actually here to purchase those properties? Over half of our population is on a work permit. That's not the case in Canada. I don't know what percentage of their people on a work permit, but I can tell you what, and not at 50%. So this requires a much deeper analysis. I know a lot of people have been sending this to me. They've been saying, oh, you know, Sandy, you need to talk about this because K-Man needs to do this. But if we did it, We'd be castrated, we'd be talked about, we'd be looked down upon. Okay, man, and and I get it. I understand it up to a certain point. But I also say, hold on now. Let us have the numbers to support an argument. One way or the other. Yeah? So if it is the case that we are saying, yes, This is exactly what is causing this issue in Cayman. Show me the evidence. Show me the numbers. And let's talk about it. Don't just show me an article from Canada and says we need to do this too. That's not a way to make good, sound decisions. What's good for the Canadians might not be good for us. We need to analyze the situation. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. We're going to try to go really hard with the common sense element of some of the discussions that we're having in this country as well. Now, let me ask y'all a question. And I want y'all to to blow up the phone lines because I want y'all to be honest with me because y'all know, like I said, what are we doing in 2023? Uh Uh-huh. Bigger, better, and bolder. Let me ask you a very honest question now. For anyone who already has property, I'm talking about Caymanians only, nobody else, right? You've seen the uh, value in your home increase over the years and it keeps going up and it keeps going up. How many of you wish to see that value in your home decrease and tanked? I will wait for your phone calls, 936-BOBO. Okay, 936-2626. Right now, your home is valued $800,000. How many of you came in and homeowners want the value of your house to go down to $300,000? Mm-hmm. Because you see, the people who really are having the argument are the people who do not yet have a home. That's our young people. They're saying, I can't afford it, and it's not fair. You're their parents, you're their grandparents, aunts and uncles, et cetera, et cetera. 
How many of you sitting down saying, yes, let's find a way to restrict land ownership so that the my property values can go down if that's what you think the end result of that will be? Right. The Caymanians that own rental properties. Yeah. They're some of the biggest contributors to the problem right now, but they don't want to admit it. They're the ones who are jacking up rental prices in the rental market to a ridiculous number. Those are Caymanians. Good morning, caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. Happy New Year. You can hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, Happy New Year, Santa. Happy New Year. Mm -hmm. um, great topic you're on. Yeah, I was wondering about this Canadian deal also, you know, but I want to say I'm Caymanian and I'm a property owner here. Mm -hmm. um, what you said, nobody wants to see their property devalued from the um, going up rate as it is now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, remember, when this property value goes up, your insurance goes up. Mm -hmm. Everything goes up. Yes, that's for sure. Because um, my property went up like three times in over the last three years, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very substantially way it went up to. And I don't see why it went up like that. Yes. You know what I mean? And um, it's costing me. Mm -hmm. Because my insurance is going up through the roof. And I've never cleaned it in my insurance. Mm -hmm. Never ever in over 13 years I've never claimed on my insurance. Mm -hmm. But it keeps on going up. Mm -hmm. The mortgage mm -hmm. keeps on going up with that also. So all these factors have to factor in mm -hmm. to where we need to have something done about um these properties that selling like I um there's a property across from um the airport fence mm -hmm. apart apart from a middle kitchen there where they're building there, right? Mm -hmm. You know what's so appalling to me? Right up the road in Kurud, there's a property there, a house with land selling for three hundred and seventy-five thousand mm -hmm, dollars. Mm -hmm. The property I'm speaking about, that's right beside the government um, PDM building there. Yes, it's less than eight hundred and seventy-five square feet for five hundred thousand dollars. That's those condos that are going in. Those are condos. Those are um, uh, match box. Eight hundred and um, seventy-five square feet. Uh -huh. It does about you're in a noise zone. Mm. Where in the world that you live in a noise zone, like the airport or mm -hmm. an industrial zone, that you pay these prices? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some, I'm not saying that we can halt all property selling to all foreigners just mm -hmm. like that. We have to we have to do the homework first, but something has to be done. Mm -hmm. When last have you been into West Bay? And who do you have any idea who's actually building those condos? Are those foreigners or Caymanians? Those are condos. Well, matchboxes. No, don't, don't name them that. Don't name <laughs> right. them that. Let, those let's, are condos. Let's, let's call it a matchbox. Who, who, who's, who's building them? I don't even know. Mm. I don't even um, request or inquire. Just the price was so atrocious. And that's a stone throw away up the road. You have homes that are built that are, have yards that you will actually own because you will never own one of those that you're being fired down before because you're going to already be brain strata. Mm -hmm. So you'll never be a owner that's like being property tax. Mm -hmm. So I want to know why is it a, a whole home with a yard up the road causes almost half of what 
you have this little building garden. You have something with 14,000 square foot yard, um, 1,100 and something square foot um, home, costing you $375,000. Then you versus you have 875 square feet that you'll never own, costing well, listen, you five caller, half a billion dollars. Caller, let me, let, me, um, let me stick a pin right there. Somebody says that they think they're going to be office spaces, but you'll never guess who's actually no, built. No. And then, and no, then living quarters. Guess, guess, yeah, guess, guess, guess who, guess who owns it? Guess who owns it? Somebody just tell me. Guess who owns it? Take a while, guess. If it's local, foreigner, <laughs> whoever it is. Well, I mean, wrong. like I said, the chances are it's probably local. I'm, I'm yeah, here. I'm here. It's a former yeah. politician. Boy, that's even more wrong. A former leader of government that's business. You see what that's I'm telling even you? More wrong. That's even more wrong. So this is why we need a stipulation. Then, okay. We need to look at what Canada did. Now, now let, let, me also, let, me also be, let me also be fair. In this point in time, the cost of everything, including construction, has gone up. Right? 100%. So I, I'm not saying that these people are just sitting down making all kind of profit. In fact, a lot of developers are saying they're not even going to be building anything right now because they can't make any money. Because it makes no sense because the cost of actual construction has quadrupled and gone up you know, a thousandfold. But so we, 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 have to look at, we have to look at the full picture, but at the same time, a lot of people don't but want to hear to this, be, but at the same time, a lot of our own people are the ones who are driving up the cost of everything in this country. 100% agreed, but we have to be proactive with this mm -hmm. and um, notice that the land and the homes for the, um, or for, for the regular locals which we are a minority already, is out of our reach. Yes. So why put it even further out of our reach by having these things take take off the home ownership off of the status status points. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Take off these little stuff off of that. This is what's driving. I know of people who have never been to Cayman Islands that own mega property here. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because they're just investing the money. Right. This is an investment, but is an investment for who? For what? It's just to hide money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's that's just look at it as what it is. It's just to hide money off the taxation. Yeah. Because once you buy this land here, you don't have no property tax. You can live there for the next hundred years. The country does not make one more cent off of it. Yeah. So what sense does that make? Mm -hmm. Now when my when, when when your daughter and my son get older, how they, are they going to afford this property unless you buy it now? Mm -hmm. Unless you buy it right now for them. Yes. If we can, how would your daughter and my sons and my daughter and the rest of the kids and kids afford property here? Mm -hmm. and, you, and you know what is sad is that so many of our um, forefathers never even understood the value of land. A lot of our parents had land in South San and these other places and they thought it was worthless and they, they sold it, it for little nothing. Yes, they gave it away. Oftentimes, again, to foreign investors, they gave it away for nothing. Didn't think that, you know, I need to hold on for something for my children. Give them a piece of property. Give them a piece of land. Give them a piece of Cayman. Instead, we gave it all away. And we're continuing to do that. And we're continuing to sell it. It's Caymanians who own land, you know? No, but I guess give a small idea of why that happened. Remember, you know, from time and time, from time begun, Cayman is still, we are one of the only nations that so um, prosperous that we 
import full containers and export empty containers. Mm. So when I when I say this, mm-hmm. we have no natural resources yes. apart from turtles that they say is illegal now to sell. Yeah. They can't sell the shares of overseas, nothing. So mm-hmm. we don't produce anything. That's so when true. you live, live in a society like this, any little thing that could generate money, you can try to do. Why do you think so much car is still coming here? Do mm-hmm. so you think it's hard for Cayman to put it on national transportation system overnight? No, it's not. It's only 76 square miles. But you would not do it because all these cars coming in is a revenue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called a revenue. If you take away that pillar, we have to find that money from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to find it? Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that is why I'm, I am all in when it comes to the national lottery or um, legalizing certain um, stuff so we can get more revenue. Mm-hmm. We need it. We do not produce anything for export. If tomorrow the world closes down, we're going to be the first to die because we're not getting them from nobody. How are we going to supply our own? Mm. It's impossible. So we have to realize that a lot of our forefathers sold land so that we could be here today. Mm. And that is a fact because they couldn't sell that now. They couldn't trade that now. And all the seamen in the world that came and sent to sea could not supply Cayman for what it is today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's impossible. So we have to look at the facts of why certain things were sold cheaply. And like I tell them, everywhere else in the world respects Cayman Islands, but the Cayman Islands people itself. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is cramming to be here, and everybody else is respecting what we have here, but us, ourselves, mm-hmm. because we were bred that way. Right. All it's right. something from generational hand down. Thank you so much, Carl. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, too. All Bye-bye. right, my dear, 936, uh, Bobo is the number, 936-2626. Um, so what Canada is doing, um, to be very, very clear, they're saying that the measures are expected to help the government cool an overheated market uh, where prices are, have climbed more than 20% in the last year alone. The average house in Canada is nearly, listen, the average home in Canada is nearly... Um, Canadian dollars, $817,000. More than nine times the household income. Caller, good morning. Good morning and good salty, sandy new year to you too. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> um, uh, I want to, what the caller is talking about with the with the lottery and having additional income, you mm. have to be make you have to be making something in order to be generating income. Mm-hmm. You can't. It's just circulating the money. That's that's okay, but you have to be um, making a good or providing a service that is that that is new. That's how you get additional revenue. Mm-hmm. You're just circulating the same revenue. That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. But realize that a lottery is a tax on the poor. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, that's the best way to look at it. Not not saying that I'm that that I flat out am against the idea. What I'm saying is it's a tax against the poor. Just understand it in its proper proper context. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, about the the um the visas that's a that's a i guess a complicated issue but one thing that really um stands out to me that's related 
to that is the Cayman Islands passport is um, no longer made here in the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. That that should be undone. That that should be rectified. Uh, the um, PPM government didn't have the um, courage to pr- give it the priority it should have. Um, basically, they looked at what it costs to uh, get the the audited um, hardware that would be necessary for um, doing it securely. Mm-hmm. And they just dropped the ball, mm-hmm. which I think is foolishness. Um, so the, the, reason, should... the reason why the UK took it over is because we were not investing in the proper technology to do it ourselves? Well, one of the, I think the, what, what, what caused it to happen in the first place is I think there was some, something with the inventory management of the books and some fraud or something with, uh, with people getting passports illegally or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the only, the only way to the only way to fix that is to have infrastructure that is secure. Mm-hmm. And so, what they what they were saying was the UK was saying is they don't they don't feel comfortable leaving it the way it was. They wanted the not just Cayman but all the overseas territories to um, invest in the proper secure infrastructure. Um, like one one of the things that I'm made to understand is is to audit like the hardware like the motherboards for the um, systems that would be using would be connected to the UK mm-hmm. right and and we just wouldn't come up with the money and I think mm-hmm. that's really short-sighted because the length of time that it takes to get a passport has significantly increased now Mm-hmm. As a result of that, um, it, it should right, rightfully be here. It should rightfully be here. Um, but but I, I like what you said about the reciprocity with the, um, with the visa between Jamaica and Cayman. Um, that is something that should be pursued. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I... I'm surprised that you took this position on that you're rejoicing with the signing of the code of conduct, but you really believe politicians are going to enforce the conduct against themselves? Well, it really, um, really matters. Uh, Denny, it's a first step. It's not a question of rejoicing. It's something that was promised. The people agreed that we need a code of conduct. And so it's a first step. Well, okay. If you ask the people, if you have nothing and you say, well, would you like something else that's a little bit better deal? Of course, they're going to say yes. But but how many so what's the alternative to have nothing and do nothing? No, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 you went to law school and you know that a code of conduct, they can just decide voluntarily whether they'll enforce it or not. And so what you need is something that isn't voluntary. It will be enforced. And so what you're really talking about is legislation. But of course, we've been down that road before because we had the Standards in Public Life mm-hmm. um, Act. We have the Anti-Corruption Act, which they just 
butchered recently with Section 17. And, and we're rejoicing about a code of conduct is voluntary. I just mm. think that people are too easily fooled. I don't I don't think it's voluntary once they've signed once they've signed on the dotted line. The okay. whole the whole really? the whole idea is to get parliament to actually adopt this code of conduct. So that wouldn't be voluntary. Everybody would be held to that standard. No, really. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the laugh. All right, Benny. Thank you. All right. Good morning. Uh oh. Good morning, Carla. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra, and a um, uh, happy new year happy to new you year. and your family. Thank you very much. Happy new year. Uh, happy new year. Thank you very much too. Um, <laughs> when I think of this, uh, well, when we think of this, all we can do is to to laugh. Mm. But I, I was listening to Miss Archer, mm -hmm. and she is she she is so right. In this day and age where we have all this technology and stuff, we mm -hmm. thought that, you know, life would be easier for each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. When I say easier, I mean in a way that we don't have to go through all of this, that, that even back when we didn't have the technology and you were mentioning Miss, 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 uh, the late Beverly um, Panton, mm -hmm. so kind, so nice, no problems. You get you get a you get a, a U.S. visa in, in less than a while. Mm -hmm. Now that we have this technology, life has become harder and harder and harder, and it's our own people that is doing it to us. Unfortunately, um, when we go to get anything done. But uh, we have spent um, a few days overseas. In fact, we we spent it. We spent Christmas overseas, mm -hmm. and on our way back, um, we had a few things, and we always pack our dirty laundry in a in a box. Mm -hmm. And now. This agent want to know what's in the box. Okay, you can open the box. You have nothing to hide. You stick your hand in them, got the clothes, whatever you want to do. Okay, um, get there. Where, where have you been? Uh, we've been to Florida and, and this little place in Florida. Mm -hmm. Where is that? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you where the place was, St. Petersburg. Where is that? And I laughed and I say Russia. Hmm. But supposing now that I was a, a foreigner or a tourist coming in and he had asked, um, where is St. Petersburg? Hmm. Oh, how does that look on us? We're hiring people that we live in right next door to Florida hmm. and don't know that St. Petersburg is in Florida, also in Russia. And he looked at me strange when I said, Russia, I wish I had just left it like that. Mm -hmm. Because what are we paying these people for? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They didn't know what's next door to us. They don't even know that, but we're paying them good salaries. We're being made fun everywhere. Mm. 
Then, putting that one side, I heard a speech um, on New Year's and New Year's greetings to the people at the, at the island by one of our uh, politicians. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that we have to um, give our Caymanian poor people more, give them more money. Not saying I'm going to go uh, or I am going to help them find a job if they're able to hold a job. Not Nothing like that. Just mm-hmm. give them more money and give them more money. And then on the other corner of, of of the politician's mouth or the MP mouth, um, but we got to build up our economy. You know, it's 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 so down and and it's this. Can we decide what what are we? How we can give people money if our con our economy is so down and uh, and our monies is so down and whatnot? You wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, we 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 wonder what what what's going on. They also mention we have to build up our government finances. Mm. Shook Sandra, we're going backwards all the time, mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. paying these people. Um, it was one of the opposition, not 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 the government. Mm. It was one of the opposition. We paying these people money and some of us don't have the money to pay us, but we got to find it somehow. Mm-hmm. And what are we getting done for our people, our Caymanian people? But to make them, some of them, some of them more lazier than they were before. Mm-hmm. This Chanel money, the Chanel money, and some of us working hard, 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 and we're just giving it away. Instead of getting them a job, you work, because we ain't going to give you anything more. I, I, I know there's people out there that is in, in truthful, truthful, they, they they don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, help them to something. If they're able to work, try and get them a job. Don't just sit in an air conditioned office all day long in a in a in a recliner and just talk, talk and expect for many of us out, out here that got two greens of sense as the older people say. To believe everything that comes out of their mouth, and this not happening yesterday, mm-hmm. or, or, or this been happening for years and years and years, and there is still politicians that give and give and give and give for that X when the four years come around. Unfortunately, we have them down here that. It, it, <laughs> I, I, I am talking about West Bay all over this island, but Caymanians that used to work, uh, they don't need to work anymore because we got uh, uh, the MPs giving away or, or the hard-earned money that people work, some people work for. But, Sandra, 
and mm-hmm. a, a new year, we have to step up and voice our opinions mm-hmm. and make them know that we're not all idiots out there. I, I thank Miss Archer. She always has something sensible to say, mm-hmm. and I hope that she have a very good year as well. Thank you too, Sandra, thank for you, listening dear. to me. And thanks for your information. Thank Thank you you. so much. All right, darling. Have a good one. You too. um, Bye-bye. Some interesting uh, comments on a number of different topics. Um, Strong Will says online, you know the man, but you don't know the heart. How many pedophiles traveling to Jamaica from Cayman? Uh, Val says a Jamaican friend flies into the U.S., then flies to Cayman because of the U.S. visa. Um, Yeah, but I tell you what, it's probably less likely, Val, that anyone who'd be of real concern to us is going to be able to hop in that direction. Um, why not just get the, why not just get the Cayman visa? I mean, I think in fact, um, unless your friend has an American passport, has, has American, you know, residency, whatever, and can get into the U S quite easily, it probably makes more sense just to get the Cayman visa. I mean, it's not like we are doing Interpol checks on these people. Let's be honest, <laughs> you know, <coughs> sorry. Um, at the very minimum, we're probably just doing a bit of data collection. Still no fingerprinting system or anything else, you know, to go along with it. Hmm. Denver says a friend was with the American consulate representative here for years, and she tried to get the American council set up here without any success. I think part of the reason is they just see us as being such a small country that they just can't be bothered. I think our government needs to do a bit more lobbying on that front. Um, Real Deal says, well, you had your leaders of government on a stage dancing off like they were at a session. Well, yes. And I'd I'd like that same energy to be used to lobby um, the Jamaican government on that issue of the visa. I think it can be done. Ms. Brendan said, came, I need to consider how this hurts us and do away with the damn stupidity. Jamaica pleaded with Cayman not to do it. They went ahead anyway. Jamaicans Jamaicans do need to come here. They want to, but Caymanians need to go to Jamaica. Mm, I'm not so sure I'm going to agree with that 100%. Um, a lot of Jamaicans need to come here for work. I mean, if they had other choices, I guess they would take advantage of those choices, but there's a reason why they are the la- largest, uh, you know, number of foreign nationals in this country and have been for a very, very long time. So I guess there's a difference between a real need and a want. Caymanians do have the option, most Caymanians, of getting a UK passport if they so wish as well and to avoid the entire, you know, Jamaican visa situation. It's an option, but I'm just saying for children and the elderly, I think that uh, they could do well with reciprocating. Uh, Ms. Bonnie says, allegedly, Chris Saunders is only looking out for his Jamaicans in Cayman, even done even done down to the government cleanup at Christmas. Um, well, I, I don't think he has anything to do with who gets hired into those positions. That should be something that's handled by the civil servants. So I don't know how he could get blamed for that, but that's interesting. Uh, uh, Darlene says some same problem we have in Cayman. Nothing is being done to protect our own people, our own home owning. 
All right, so let me ask the question. We're still talking about this Canadian situation. I see a number of your comments coming in. Um, Strong Will says there could be better guidelines for foreign buying into Cayman. We're going to go into a little bit of overtime this morning. But here's a question I have for you. Um, you know, is this, someone sent me a thing saying, oh, there are other countries in the world that um, have done this. But my question is, is it working? <laughs> If we have a history of other countries that have restricted foreign ownership, has it worked to achieve the end that they desired? For example, Cuba restricts foreign ownership. Has that helped the people of Cuba in any way, shape, or form? Has it made it more affordable for the average Cuban to be able to own a home? Hmm. Let's, let me have a look. I mean, I know the, I know the answer to that already is no. So how how is it helping? What problems exactly is it solving? For the countries that have done so, has it kept their price of homes? Has it stopped inflation? Has it done all these things that we're, we're struggling with and that we want to have addressed? So there's two things. You need to look at Cayman in its very unique context. We're not like a lot of other places in the world, although we're facing a lot of the same issues that they face. There are unique elements to our story, right? So anytime we look at a particular solution, we got to make sure, is that a solution that can work for us? Here's something else the Canadian government has done. Impose higher taxes for people who sell their homes within a year. Is that something that would benefit us? Or are these foreign investors actually just holding on to homes? So they're not purchasing with, the idea is flipping, they're purchasing and just holding on to it. So do we need to put something in place to force them to do something with the property, especially if it's just raw land? Hmm. Hmm. So um, here's the devil now being in the details. Y'all need to pay attention because it's not quite as broad and wide as you think what Canada has done. So foreign buyers... The ban will apply to condos, apartments, and single residential units. Wait a minute. Well, Sandy, the next logical question would be, so it doesn't apply to raw land and businesses, commercial? Y'all heard me. Let me repeat myself. Because while y'all jumping up and down, patting Canada in the back and pat, patting the Canadian prime minister in the back, let's be very clear about the limitations of this. It only applies to condos, apartments, and single residential units. So then the other question, the next logical question you ask is, okay, if expats and Cayman foreign investors are purchasing property, what are they purchasing? Are they purchasing commercial units? Are they purchasing raw land? Are they purchasing, you know, what kind of ban are you looking at? Mm-hmm. Because Canada doesn't just have a, oh, we're going to ban all foreign investors or all foreign uh, property owners. There's a limitation on what they have done. And I'd be curious to know how much of a real impact this is actually going to have. Now, here comes even more of a limitation. Exemptions include, uh-huh, it's going to exclude permanent residents, foreign workers, and students. 
Well, also, foreigners who are purchasing their primary residence in Canada will also be exempted. Come again? How 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 would a ban like this help gay men? They they've just taken in concept something that y'all had in your head. Oh my God, Canada's gonna ban foreign owners. Yeah, that's a good thing. And I have just read to you how this is so watered down that I'm like, uh, what kind of impact is this gonna have again? Who's it really going to impact? Because now you said if someone's primary home is here. If they have permanent residency, if they're a foreign worker, and if they're a student, this doesn't apply to them. And if they are buying, um, you know, it only applies if they're buying condos, apartments, and single residential units. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what's up, Doc? That doesn't quite have the teeth in it that I know a lot of you who read just the headlines were thinking. And this is why it's necessary to read beyond the headlines. Huh. Here's what was said. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The country's budget also includes billions of dollars for new housing and measures to help Canadians trying to get into the market, including a new savings account and changes to the first-time homeowner's tax credit. Mm-hmm. Industry analysts said it's not clear a ban on foreign buyers would address the housing problem as foreign buyers account for a small fraction of the market. So, I want to think about this for a second because this happens a lot. We see something happening in the news and we all jump on the bandwagon. This is a great idea. Because in principle, it might sound on the very surface, because you're not scratching below the surface, it might sound like a good idea. And that's why I always say, be cautious before you make any decision. Try to find out as much as you can. What percentage of people actually fall into the category of being a foreign investor or a foreign purchaser. Yeah? Because if it's only 1% or 2%, it ain't going to make a damn difference. You understand what I'm saying to you? So here's what the experts are saying, not the politicians. So Ben Myers, who's president of this advisory firm, Bullpen Research and Consulting in Toronto, found that foreign, um, foreigners accounted for just 1% of the purchases in 2020. And in fact, it is down from 9% in 2015 and 2016. So there's already a downward trend in Canada for foreign investors from 9% down to 1%. And the politicians actually think that this is going to make a difference. You see, this is why when you have politicians jumping up and making a decision for pat on the back and for political hoo-ha and whatever, political points, you need to balance that with what the experts actually know is going on. Because it's fine 
for politicians to tell you this is what needs to be done and this is the decision that they're going to make, but you need to start asking them why are you making that decision? Show me the numbers. Go to the ESO, which, you know, they pay for that. They set up that department. They got a budget. Who has all this factual information. They were all up in their business asking us questions. I told you I'll go out and answer the questions. Support that office. Because without that tangible bit of information, we have no clue what decisions we need to be making in this country and whether or not those decisions are the right decisions or the wrong decisions. Because my friends, I'm telling you, decisions should not be made on a whim or a fancy. Hmm? It should not be made because the public says, oh, we don't like foreigners anymore. And I'm going to talk to you all about that here in a second. It's, hold on a second. We have 1%. We have 2% of the land that's owned in this country owned by foreign investors. And if we restrict that 1% or 2%, this is the trickle down because this is the dollar amount that's tied to that. And this is the trickle down that we expect to see. If there's going to be no trickle down, as I suspect will be the situation for the next two years in Canada, how much do you think a two-year ban is going to help? Okay. This is, this is what the experts said are some of the real issues, but you see the politicians oftentimes don't know how to fix the real issues because the real issues are bigger than them. It's bigger than just one country. It's a worldwide issue. And they're like, eh, we can't help you with inflation, honey child. So we're not going to really do anything about that. The experts say, the soaring housing costs reflect strong population growth and a shortage in supply. Mm-hmm. Due in part to rules that restrict development. So there's that. The BBC has also joined in the conversation. So the issue has worsened since the pandemic hit. With policymakers in Canada and elsewhere slashing interest rates to try to stabilize the economy, lowering borrowing costs and boosting demand even further. Housing at its very basic is a supply and demand issue. Yeah, that's why these landlords trying to charge you for one bedroom with a toilet, the kitchen sink, and the bedroom is all in one room together. I had to laugh when um, I think it was Cece was commenting on one the other day. And I, I just had to chuckle because I was like, oh, my God, some things are not changing in 2023. That's for sure. So somebody put up this post about um, this place to rent for almost $2,000. And the comments were like, I'm sorry if I don't feel like paying $2,000 for a room that's also my bathroom, my bedroom, and the kitchen all in one. <laughs> and the person was selling it hard, honey child, because they were like, oh, you get all these amenities, and you get a TV box, and you get this. And they were like, what? The kitchen is in the bathroom. It's like a, a I don't even know if a studio is the right name for it, but it's a hot mess. And I, I saw it. I actually took a screenshot of it. I'm trying to find it. And I was like, here we go again. Somebody who's thinking that their condo is worth a million dollars, that not even a condo, their room is worth a million dollars because there's a supply and demand issue. 
Remember after Hurricane Ivan, when everybody, there's a mass exodus, everybody left? You could get condos and rooms on the cheap because there was more supply in the market than there were people. Because a lot of people had left the jurisdiction. So let's have the discussion. I am all for having the discussion. All I'm saying is let's make sure the discussion is being had in proper context. A foreign ban is going to help exactly how. Oh, yes, here it is. One bedroom, one bath, room only. 175 Victory Street, that's Prospect. Going for um, $1,995. Somebody told them... (laughs) Listen, someone told them the the um the scam of um what do you call this again? Where it really it's two thousand dollars, but you bring it in one digit shy of that by five dollars, and it sounds so much cheaper. It's only nineteen ninety five. It's not two thousand dollars. And you think to myself, "Ooh, that's a deal." Yeah, and mind you, everything is in the one little room. No, sir. Mm-mm. I can show you all the picture because you're going to laugh when you see it because it is a little bit funny for $2,000. You saturate the market with rentals again. Nobody in their right mind going to be paying that kind of money because they will be able to pick, choose, and refuse. Yeah? Have a look at this. Let me show you all this picture because you, you're really going to be like, what the hell? And it's like people have lost their minds in terms of what they are trying to do. Um, one second. I did ask Chuck for overtime, but honey child, I did not even perceive he listened to me. Mm-mm, he didn't listen, so the radio might get cut. Um, sometimes I know he's busy, chill. Uh, let me see here. One quick second. All right. So, um, have a look at this photo. Hey, Chuck, just check your messages for me. All right, hon. Uh, okay, have a look at this. Have a look at this. Look at, look at this condo now. This is, this is what they're trying to get y'all to buy. Mm-hmm. This is like a special deal for $2,000. You are going to get this, one bedroom, one bath. You see the kitchen right there? The, the bedroom over there, so. At least, I mean, I mean, I've seen worse than this, not necessarily going for this price point. See the little fridge right there, the bedroom. I don't know where the bathroom is in this picture, though. But I guess it's probably, I think that door right there is an is a exit. So this is somebody who's taken their home. And they have turned in, uh, they've taken one bedroom and tried to turn it into a studio. And they actually expect somebody to pay $2,000, which is probably a good chunk of their mortgage for this so that they can sit back and, and you know, paying for their mortgage. Look at this. They don't even want to give you more of the room, of the house. So Aquina says $2,000 and I got to cook where I sleep. You're good. Yeah, good luck with with that one. <laughs> oh, my God. CC says it's 2023 and y'all still looking big cash for these 1993 apartments. 
the whole bedroom, living, and kitchen in one place, and you want $1,995, you missed the decimal point. I think you met $199.05 per month. Yep. That's what they want for that little place. I mean, let's just be honest. Huh? How, how, how does this make any monetary sense? But it comes down quite simply to supply and demand. Hmm. Hot mess. Let's read some of your comments. Call in 936-BOBO is the number. <clears throat> Ms. Brenda says, um, <clears throat> at least Canada is addressing it. We can't do what other countries do. We have to make changes here according to our size and other criteria. We're Cayman, and we can make our own laws and policies to protect Caymanians. Why are we concerned about what Canada is doing? Let's examine our house. Let's examine our house and impose changes accordingly. Love Canada. Oh, sorry. Leave Canada out of this. Let's talk about the catastrophe that's taking place here in Cayman. Well, the point is everyone is using this, uh, you know, basically move that Canada is making to. Um, to really try to say that this is a good move and Caymanians should be doing it as well. Here's another point. Um, in addition to the temporary ban on foreign buyers, the budget, Canada's government budget, also includes billions to spur new construction and proposes new programs such as tax-free savings accounts for first-time home buyers. Hmm. Devil's in the details. So Johan says if Caymanians, particularly multi-generational persons of color, were to advocate and succeed in having such a policy implemented like in Canada, there'd be cries of racism, uh, xenophobia, abuse of human rights, and a lengthy statement from the governor. Johan goes on to say that Canadians, largely Anglo-European and white, are seen doing what's best for their country, citizens, economic program, prospects, sorry, and future generations, what's the difference given the same concerns held by many in Cayman? Okay. Uh, Ms. Brenda says it doesn't mean that we can't make the right changes, stop rolling over and playing dead. Uh, Jonathan says government wants us to have more togetherness, so they force us to live six people, one bedroom apartment. Well, you know, Caymanians don't really... Um, go for that. So <laughs> Charles said that the photo of that property we just saw was taken from in the bathroom. That's why you don't see it. And Ms. Brenda said she thought the bathroom might've been outside. Well, honey, chill. I don't know where the bathroom is, but, uh-uh. You know, there's so many things that are different. Uh, one of the observations that I made in Jamaica is how land um, is sort of different. Like, I have yet to see a house and, I, and I'm not rolling with the people all the way up in the hills and the million dollar homes. So I guess I haven't seen those. I need to go take a tour next time. But I've yet to see a house in Jamaica that has really a lot of yard space, even in the country, which, uh, you know, my in-laws have country property. So all the homes are like practically on the road, like practically in the road. <laughs> I mean, junction, you know, the house is right there. Uh, you're lucky if you kind of off the cliff a little bit. But in the back, you know, they're farmers. So they have like farmland and whatever back there. But it's different. Cayman, when Caymanians buy a house, they want yard space. Mm -hmm. 
right? They don't want a house that's like the neighbor's house is technically and literally touching theirs and joined onto theirs unless you live in a condo situation. So a lot of countries have different expectations for what is acceptable for housing, what isn't. Um, You know, when I lived in the States, it was the same thing. A lot of these yards, even for million dollar properties, I'm looking at it going, where's the yard space? If I have a million dollar property, I don't want to be talking in my living room and have my neighbor listen to my conversation. Uh, Plus you got these, you know, construction homes that are like made paper thin, no steel in the concrete, no concrete even. So everything you do, you fart and your neighbor's hearing you. Different standards. Very, very different standards. So let's keep an eye on the Canadian situation. Point taken that for us to even have this discussion, some people might uh, find that, you know, they're of the opinion that, yeah, Caymanians can't even have the discussion because people be getting all upset. It's like when, when um, I think it was Mr. Bush that was suggesting a tax for foreign workers, you know, they lobbied and they got upset. Listen, they, they, they know a thing or two about lobbying. Caymanians don't normally have that type of foresight, backbone, call it whatever you want to call it. But that doesn't mean that this is the right decision for us. I think we need more information. We've looked at how when you really look at the details and the impact that this is going to have, it's actually not going to likely have any sort of impact on what's happening in Canada one way or the other. And it's also a part of other things that the Canadian government is doing to help its people. Mm -hmm. So we can circle back to this. Um, In the United States of America, for example, there's six states, Hawaii, Iowa, Minnesota, Mississippi, North Dakota, and Oklahoma that have laws banning foreign ownership of agricultural land. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, again, we need some details. They say that foreign investors control either through direct ownership or long-term leases more than 35 million acres of U.S. agricultural land. And that area is about the size of the state of Iowa. So six states have laws banning foreign ownership of agricultural land, while others have taken have undertaken efforts to restrict foreign ownership of U.S. agricultural land. And obviously there's a lot of reasons why uh, you would not want foreign owners to have control of the agricultural land because that's what's feeding your people at some level, right? Uh, Missouri ranks 16th in the nation with acres of foreign-owned land, and it still accounts for less than 1%. Mm. So uh, interesting conversation there. I'll get a list of countries um, that have that. Of course, China is one of the countries that tends to be out and about buying up a lot of um, what they call investing in, um, you know, foreign countries. They do that a lot as part of their, almost like their national mandate. They've invested a lot in the Caribbean. That's why we had concerns when they were coming here trying to invest in our port. Oh, we'll build a port for you. It's so funny who was all the, the politicians who were all in bed with that idea. 
hot mess. Um, here's another article about East Central Europe's new security concern, foreign land ownership. So sometimes there are real legitimate reasons why foreign ownership can be a problem. How many countries around the world prohibit foreign ownership of land? Let me see. Uh, we have Thailand. Mm-hmm. So you can do a leasehold. Um, so it says that that is the one of the Asian countries that do it. Mm-hmm. So a few other countries are talking about it, including um, the Swiss. They want to curb foreign efforts to buy property. I haven't done so yet to the best of my knowledge. So it's a discussion that we can continue to have, folks. Okay, so I know that we're in overtime, but there is an issue which I think uh, we may have to um, leave for tomorrow's discussion. But this whole beat situation with the Marriott, we need to dig deep into that. We need to have that discussion and talk about it. At the same time, there was an incident on our beaches yesterday morning, apparently, where several tourists were assaulted by local vendors, local beach vendors is what I'm made to understand. I'm still flushing out the story. So buying another day in this story is probably a good idea. So I can try to get more of the details on this. But this is really shocking to me. And it's very, very concerning that as a country who, you know, say that we rely on tourism as our bread and butter two-pillar economy, that we are now getting to the point where we are assaulting the very people who come here. This is a very, very tedious and dangerous road. Because soon we're going to be on a list, on a don't visit the Cayman Islands list, because this is the type of people that they are. They assault tourists. They do this. They do that. We need to be very, very careful. You can't have it both ways. If we want to be a tourist destination, we can't be anti-tourist. <laughs> Seems pretty simple, right? We can't be assaulting tourists. We can't be putting their lives in danger and jeopardizing them. Not when they're paying top dollar to come here. So tomorrow we need to have that conversation about what is it in our tourism sector that we want. Do we not want tourism? Do we want to get rid of tourism? Are we sick and tired of that product? Because if that is the case, we need to talk to the tour operators, the people who own buses, the people who own Stingray cities, charters and all that kind of stuff, the restaurants, everyone that's going to be impacted by this. Let's make sure that they're part of the conversation. Because it only takes one or two bad apples out there assaulting people for that story to be picked up by international media and all of a sudden, mm -hmm, we get placed on a, oh, don't visit this country list. 
Kind of sad. And if we're heading that direction, real deal. So when you say local, what do you mean local? I'm talking about Caymanian beach vendors on Seven Mile Beach. Y'all find this hard to believe? Well, I was quite shocked too. So let's flush out more of the details. I'm trying to get in contact with people who were actually there and who witnessed what happened and who can give us some first-hand accounts. So let's talk about that tomorrow and the Marriott Beach situation all in one because in a way they're kind of interconnected. Now, this security company that wants to come to Cayman, what are, what's, what's their name again? CMR, put the story up. Um, uh, let me get their name. We need to do something about this security business in Cayman because I think it's Guardian guard, Guardsmen. Tell me they want to expand to Cayman. Well, I understand that one of the owners is actually, um, he has status, I think his father's Cayman in a whatever. So now he's thinking it's a great idea to link up with the this Jamaican company. And um, they forged some sort of partnership with Apex Group to actually enter the Cayman market. Something needs to be done. And, and I don't like for government to meddle in people's business affairs and tries to control industries. But I do kind of feel like this is one of those that is a bit out of hand. And it seems to be getting worse because everyone can see, oh, there's easy money or so they think in the security business. And for a long time, there's been like one company, Security Center, who's held a monopoly. And so I guess every Tom, Dick and Harry and Joanne and Suzanne and Mr. and Mrs. Ebank and Smith and Powery and Powell want to break up that monopoly and take part of the pie. In theory, I don't have any problems with breaking up monopolies because this is what happens when you allow a company to go around and get all the government contracts. Maybe government, I'm going to throw this out here as a thought, needs to look into having their own security company, not, not a separate company, but hire their own security employees. Because government has a lot of properties. This could be a whole department unto government itself. Yeah? They can do their own contracts. They can hire and manage those people themselves. Because it's getting a little bit out of hand and I'm wondering how much money government is spending to have a security guard open a door for you. Maybe they need to make this, take this in-house within the civil service. Now there's something going on at the court's office. I was getting all kinds of phone calls with people saying that they're upset because the security guards that were working at the court office were looking, working for a local company and the court's office have decided to poach them and have them work as auxiliary officers for the judiciary. Now, maybe it's the way that it was done that's problematic. But in principle, maybe it's not such a bad idea for government to take that particular service in-house. So the more, uh, you know, crime increases, everybody feels like, oh God, we need more security guards. I guess that's why a company like Guardsman is thinking that they need to come in here. Now, a lot of people feel uncomfortable about this. And you know, some of the comments that I got in relation to this, we're like, hold on a second. You want to see crime increase? Have this company come in. <laughs> and I said, well, 
Isn't that what we're doing now anyway? You know, the vast majority of these security companies hire from two places, Jamaica and the Philippines. Cheap labor. We don't know anything about the qualifications of a lot of the officers. Some of them might be qualified. Some might have worked for the JDF, the J, what's the other one called? JDF and JCF, whatever. Um, right? They might have some degree of experience. And, and really, they come here to get a foot in the door with the security companies. And as soon as they can, they move on. <clears throat> because the security companies in Cayman do not have a very good reputation for how they treat their staff. Oh, we are going to do a whole expose in that because the security officers have been approaching me and begging to talk about this. The, the, in order for them to even make a livable wage, they have to make and work ridiculous hours almost around the clock because of how little they're getting paid from these security companies. And so they're overworked and you wonder why something, an incident is happening. They're not going to put their life on the line for nobody. <laughs> They're, they're not going to, nope, nope, nope. They're not doing it. They're going to be the first ones hiding under the desk when the place is getting robbed. So that's another conversation that I feel like uh, we need to have. Importing all these elements of, oh, we need another Jamaican-based business in Cayman, Jamaican-based security business. Why? How many security companies do we have in Cayman already? Oh, we could go to the DCI list and have a look, but it's enough. I don't, I'm not quite sure that we need any more of them, to be honest. Let's see. Security. And, you know, I think I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a tightening up of, um, of even who's allowed to get in the business and what they need. And the training that they're doing of staff, I mean, there has to be more to this. We're making it too easy for people to get in certain types of business. And as a result of that, those businesses are being overrun. Let me, let me put that on my to-do list. I think I need to email the RCIPS about how many security companies they have. that would be a little FOI um, about security companies. Mm-hmm. License in the Cayman Islands. There's, oh, I'm sure it's a long list. And in the past, we've had some criminals um, trying to own security companies too. And in fact, I can't call the person's name, but y'all, y'all should be able to put two and two together and figure this one out. There was an allegation, Caymanian, mm-hmm. always up into something. And if we talk about them, they want to run to the court and talk about we harassing them because we speak the truth. Who um, had allegedly a certain formula that he would use to get new contracts. So all of a sudden, a business would be targeted. Robbery or incident would happen. And then the next thing you know, here comes the flumpy, flumpy. Fat behind. Yes, I'm salty and I love it. Oh, we heard you got robbed yesterday. You know, our security company offers this service. Oh my God. Your timing is impeccable. Thank you. Yes. Have one of your security guards stand up and hold the front door because that's really going to solve our problems and help us. They were actually set. Listen to what I'm telling you. This is what the streets are saying. I don't know this stuff and I certainly don't make it up. They were setting up and targeting businesses to then get a contract for security services. 
And that was a Caymanian homegrown criminal. Hmm. What a hot mess. Ay, ay, ay. Alejandro, hello, Miss Romelia. Uh, Strongwell says, I'm a tourist and I experience racism every visit by other tourists. Lord have mercy. Alejandro says, um, but who say that they do a good job? Do they understand the assignments? Mm -mm. Jonathan says, Cayman was, was doing good at a time when our culture was an export, semen, turtle, meat, and rope. But we can't expect, we can't export any of those things anymore. Only thing we can export um, is our money. Rum cakes. I believe that's actually the number one export. Uh, Stuart says in-house for government increases the cost significantly, which is why the large wholesale companies say $6 an hour and charge government $9.50 or $10 an hour. And government can never deliver the service for that cost. I mean, I don't know. Has anyone ever looked at whether government can do it? I mean, it would have to fall under some existing ministry for sure. Um, I, I would, at I would at least, Stuart, like to see an analysis of um, whether or not it can be done. Obviously, the court's office is doing it. <laughs> They've just poached a bunch of people from that security company. Mm -hmm. And they're calling them auxiliary officers. Now, one of the criticisms of um, what the court and the ju judiciary has done is the fact that they have done this, and I do have some questions here myself, and they have not attempted to recruit any Caymanians for those roles. So if they want auxiliary officers, shouldn't they be having open recruitment, advertising the position and saying, hey, Caymanians, looking for employment? We got some jobs for you that don't require a whole lot of skill. And instead, they've taken foreign workers on from a security company that had work permits for them and just slid them right into positions. Mm. Some questions need to be answered about how that was done. Not necessarily the reasoning why, but the how. And if it was done in the right manner. And if it was something that was given Caymanians an opportunity. Because remember now, these workers have gotten the training and the job just because they've been sitting there working on a work permit for somebody else. All right. Uh, Stuart says uh, officers work 80 to 100 hours a week so they can make around $1,400 a month after deductions. That's a lot. That's ridiculous, quite frankly. <sighs> Um, strong will says many Jamaicans that come in has many years of experience in JDF and that doesn't mean that they're any good. <laughs> Let me be very clear. Uh, normally we're not getting la creme de creme. We're getting the bottom of the barrel. We're scratching the bottom of the barrel, honey. Yeah. The, the ones that we don't want. Remember the one guy, we need to do an update on this story. Um, what's his name again? The JD, JDF officer who ran off. Uh, this was June that we did an expose on this story where he ran off and came to Cayman without properly resigning from the military there in Jamaica. And then um, they, they, they nabbed him when he went back for his girlfriend's, somebody in the girlfriend's family had died. So he abandoned his wife and uh, found a new situation here in Cayman. Got a job 
First a security guard, like I said, that's always the foot in. Then ended up getting hired at the Kays Foundation. Apparently, he was considered a deserter. And uh, the JDF not playing with him. They're not an RCAPS on each other. They're like, mm, you did what? You're back with us? They arrested him and they nabbed him. And it's my understanding they've thrown his behind in jail. Good for them. I need to double check how long he's in jail for, but mm, no mess. Uh, Miss Vernita says we have too many foxes mining the hen house. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, have mercy. What a mess. <laughs> Jonathan says rum cake. Is that sustaining government? No, I'm just telling you that K that's Cayman's number one export, just in case you're wondering. I'm not saying it's helping people. That's all we export. Um, Brenda says security at government buildings should all be fall under national security and guided in that manner. Yes, I mean, I think that there's a, an argument to be made and one needs to look into it. Alejandro says giving Cayman the rejected employees with experience. <laughs> uh, Brenda says we're getting the bottom of the barrel from every country, not just Jamaica, let's be fair. Well, yes, I think we that that's a sad indictment on us. But yeah, I'm not saying I didn't say it was just Jamaica. I'm speaking specifically about the security officers because I would be willing to bet if I had to look at them based on nationality, it's probably, mm, I would say 75 to 80% Jamaicans and then the other percentage, uh, mostly Filipinos and one or two from like Honduras, Colombia and a few other countries if we had to break it down by nationality. Who's doing, um, are we keeping any of this data, by the way? This is a France Madison question, I would bet. Anybody collating data on work permits by industry and where they come from? Hmm. Gabby is in the house. Good morning, Gabby. She says, exactly. It's the same point I was trying to make on your post. Uh, we can't blame the foreigners for taking the jobs. Government is the one granting the permits, granting the business licenses for the foreign companies. And Caymanians are the ones not applying for most of these jobs are not, or they're not given the opportunity. So it is a multifaceted issue, Gabby, because in fact, a lot of the companies are also Caymanian owned companies. So when we talk about the monopoly um, that is held by the flowers group at the airport, and then people message me every single day and they are complaining about how when they come into the Cayman airport or they're leaving the airport, there's not a single Caymanian security officer working there. I say, well, go talk to Frankly Flowers and that, and that family. They're Caymanians. And not no John, it come lately Caymanians either. Multi-generational Caymanians. So go ask them why they're not hiring Caymanians. Despite having this monopoly at the airport. And they're doing baggage handling. They're doing security. You have security officers who are also doing porting stuff and all kinds of duties, which I've never understood how from a security perspective that would even be allowed. But your government, yes, has given them that contract, but that's a Caymanian company. So if they try and take it from them, you can hear all kind of, oh no, that's a Caymanian company, blah, 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 blah. But is the Caymanian company actually looking out for Caymanians? And to Gabby's point, are Caymanians likewise even applying for said jobs? 
I know a company right now was looking for a senior bookkeeper and they advertised the position. We had it on CMR and there are people in the comment section. Oh, well, I hope they give this to Caymanian. Newsflash, donkey alert, Caymanians did not apply. How the hell are they going to give it to Caymanian if a Caymanian don't apply? Hmm, right. This is when I say we need to get it together. I can see arguments on different sides of the spectrum here. How can somebody hire Caymanian if Caymanian is not applying? Or if the one Caymanian that applied has no bookkeeping experience at all, and this is a senior bookkeeping position that said bring three to five years experience to the table. Come on now. Let's be fair because I'm a business owner and I can't go around hiring unqualified people. How does that reflect in your business? What sort of delivery of service would you be able to, to provide to your customers? Stuart says, how much um, involvement does the National Security Council have in securing government buildings and national infrastructure? I don't think they have any, honey, Jill. Good morning, Carla. Welcome to the program. Good morning again, Sandra. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You hit the, you, you always hitting the nail on the head, and it hurts um, people. Mm-hmm. But it's our own Caymanians that are doing it to our, our own Caymanians, mm-hmm. our, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. let me tell you something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're so right about the the security at the airport. We're going through security. Um, The same trip to to Florida, to St. Petersburg, Mm -hmm. Russia. Um, (laughs) um, And... Uh, when I got to security, then they beckoned the other security, the one that's checking your passport, um, like you said before, all Filipinos are another nationality. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if they put four S's on your boarding pass. That means that you got to be searched and searched and searched because mm-hmm. I never looked at it before. So uh, he asked me to come um, this way with him. I thought, oh, shucks, I'm getting ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Not realizing this was what was happening. And when I tell you they searched me, mm-hmm. they searched me, they even went through my wallet Okay, mm-hmm. uh, shoes, wallet, everything. Uh, I, I I even said, uh, suppose if I had on a, a, a bathing suit, would I be searched like that? And they just gave me an ugly look. Oh, shucks, what did I say that for? Then I, after they searched me, and I had to repack and all of that. Um. I went in, because this is early morning, um, I, I went in the line at Subway. I wouldn't know anything. I heard my name call again. Mm-hmm. My name is Rhonda Schmidt, but people, oh, everybody know me by my second name, mm-hmm. which is Shirlene. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and 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 broadcasting all over all over the airport. I get out of line, uh, mm-hmm. go to Cayman Airways. Um, they carry me to the security room. Uh, open your suitcase, ma'am. Your suitcase need to be searched. Search my suitcase, and I am back there in the room by myself after they search my suitcase. Mm-hmm. Is zipping up my suitcase, and they come back and look at me like um, I wasn't supposed to do that. Mm. Mm. And um, and you know it's it's it's. It's 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 ridiculous to know that our own is not hiring, and you know why? Because if they publish mm-hmm. the little salary that they're giving these people, our own is not going to be applying for those jobs because we we can't even buy a, a, a bread and a dozen eggs because. A dozen eggs is now $6, $7, and that's what they're paying. I seen in the paper months and months ago. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was year before last or something like that. For a chef in one of our popular restaurants, it is owned by Caymanian, and they want a chef, an executive chef, I think it was, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for six fifty. An hour, six fifty an hour. Who's gonna apply for that for for Caymanian? Even if he had as a Caymanian, even if he had an executive chef. Mm-hmm. Weeks later, that same owner had it in the paper of his beautiful two three million dollar home. How the you can't even buy. A gallon of milk with that. Like mm. I said, not even a dozen eggs for that. Mm-hmm. Yet that that man or that woman would have to be working in that restaurant for many, many hours before he could even buy milk, eggs, and bread, mm-hmm. much less pay rent or anything else. But there you go again. A foreigner got it. Who's doing it to us? Our own Caymanians. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's it's ridiculous. That's what each government has mm-hmm. to step down on. They brag about their, their million dollar home, yet somebody has to to rent a, a one bedroom and share it with three four other people and mm-hmm. wash in a five gallon bucket that is 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 working at their at their restaurant. How, how these people sleep at night? Yeah, I don't know. Thanks again, Sandra. I appreciate That's it. That's a little bit of you, a little bit of news that I will watch every day. That I feel are good. Oh, if I meet up on these, but we do patronize restaurants like mm-hmm. that. We do not. We would not. For what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For what? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thank you and. Mm-hmm. Have a good day, Sandra. Thanks, You're on the ball. I appreciate it. All right, folks, we got another caller here who's called via WhatsApp. Warning caller. 
Good morning, honey child. <laughs> How happy, are you? Happy New Year. As you would say, bless happy, and highly favored. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bless and highly favored, honey child. Honey child, I'm trying to catch that race horse that you on right now Hi. regarding the Caymanians not a play him. Mm-hmm. I think you're going too fast right now on top of that race horse. Mm-hmm. So I need one rope to try to grab him and saddle him and pull him back and slow your tracks down aye. a little bit now. Aye, aye, aye. Now, me. there's two ways. There's a two-way street when you come to talking about Caymanians not a play him. Now, I don't know the circumstances that you know that Caymanian never applied for that job. Mm -hmm. But I can afford to tell you, sister, Mm -hmm. that there have been companies in this Cayman Islands. Caymanians have applied and haven't gotten the time of the day. And sadly, it starts from a very government come down. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because they don't even get as much as an answer. I've had, and I've, I mean, I've worked in the tourism industry for years, for years. And I've had people come to me and says, you know, I did something that is very ironic. I applied for a position. I'm going to be plain blanking out. Mm -hmm. I applied for a position at the Ritz Carlton as a Caymanian. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even got a response. So, you know what I did? I changed my name to um, to a foreign name, Chung. <laughs> Ironically, the young lady said she got the call and the mm-hmm. interview. And when she went with her interview and showed that it shows that her documents is that she's a born Caymanian, mm-hmm. the director asked of, of um, that was the director of, of um, the... What a side name again. Um, residence. Mm-hmm. Asked her why she lied. She said, well, sir, it's like this. I applied as a Caymanian and didn't get an answer. But I applied as a foreigner. And here I am in front of you. Mm-hmm. So Caymanians, I feel within myself, Caymanians are being, have been applying for jobs. It's just that they're not getting the opportunity. They're not being hired. And it's back to what you say. It's um, cheap labor. It's mm-hmm. cheap labor. And it's sad. It is sad that we don't have anyone that we can turn to to have this stopped. Or even if they hire them for the hire's sake, they tend to discriminate against them seriously mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. them gone. So oh well Caymanians doesn't want to work oh well we tried and it didn't work out but let me tell you something sister from in the workforce and of living proof and experience they harasses Caymanians the worst kind of way especially in those hotels I am living proof mm. they harasses them the worst kind of way to get them gone to bring in foreigners when you look the, from Nepal from Africa a doorman how many Caymanian young men and women that we have today do not have a job? But yet we have people from Africa and Nepal and Romania opening our hotel door, greeting our tourists. And then you want to hear the situation about Caymanians don't want to work? That is baloney. You have well, some Caymanians that are lazy. Yes. yes. I'm not saying nay to that. But not all Caymanians are lazy. 
It's just the way that the 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 the, the people that have these these hotels in Cayman have our government bought out, and they they tends to do what they feel like. Mm. And I know that for a fact because one time I sat in immigration and I see the the HR manager. She didn't even walk and pull a number and sat like the rest of us. Write in and see who they wanted to see. You understand? Mm. So, I mean, it is all, it is all so, it's all about corruption and no one with backbone to stand mm. up, to fight the Caymanians, to say enough is enough, that I am, I love my Caymanians, I love my Cayman Islands, and I'm mm. going to stand up for my people. There's no one with that kind of backbone to fight for Caymanians, to see that Caymanians get what they deserve. And it's like you said, that they, 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 whatever it is that you went somewhere, was it in Jamaica or somewhere that you see lone Jamaicans, you don't see no, no whole pile of different nationality there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is true. It is so true. Our Cayman Islands is completely sold, all borrowed. I mean, it's unbelievable. And there's no one, there is no one willing to stand up and fight for our Caymanians to say enough is enough. Look at how many Caymanians have left Cayman and gone England to live. Huh? A lot of Caymanians have leave Cayman Islands because they can't afford to live here. Pretty soon we won't be able to live here. We should get to that point right now with the way cost of living is going up. And the only time you hear the cost of living part touch is in voting time. Cost the living, um, wages, and and but and and, and I, um, can I, can I jobs you, came on. Can I tell you something about um, even our people going overseas? You know how many have come back <laughs> after going overseas and singing the praises? I'm moving to the UK and life is so much better over here and it's so much cheaper and blah blah blah. And next thing I know, I see them right back, yeah, right in the same yard. <laughs> even even last night, I was coming on a plane. There was a young man. Um, knew my husband, he's talking to me. He's like, Oh, I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, yeah, I had moved to the UK for a couple of years and had to come right back and work for a national airline or national carrier. I'm just saying the grass is not always green on the other side. I and agree with it, that. It, it, but it, then it, they shouldn't have hello. to leave, they shouldn't have to left in the first place. If they were given the opportunity, no, 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 no. Hold if on. our people Hold was on. Let, let me propose an idea. Every single Caymanian should live in another country because you know what? You appreciate more of what you have here too. That's that one the, that's one of the benefits of living that's somewhere true. else. I agree with you. Go I agree with what with that. With- if y'all think the grass is greener, things are perfect in America, the UK, Europe. I don't care where you want to go. Go and live there. Give yourself five years, and then you talk to me. I agree with you to be that, Sandy. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is that I think Caymanians should be given that opportunity. Yeah, you understand. Given that opportunity, and I'm no everyone deserve a second chance if they've done something mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Giving them the benefit of the doubt that this, I mean, they are born Caymanians. Where must they go? Mm-hmm. What? Why you think we having so many robberies here, here and lately? Huh? Because like, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of the nine, say about nine out of ten is because. Enough, they don't have no job, lack of job let, to feed me, their family. Let me, let me ask Not you. saying that that is right for no, them to no, do. No, 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 no. Let me ask but you. Let me, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question, right? Anyone that you have seen that has been arrested for robbery, which one of them was actually out there ever looking for a job? 
I'm just that's another thing again. I'm just saying. Don't hold confuse. On, that, on, no. that, that, Remember. Is, that is one that gets under my skin. Let's not confuse the criminal element in this country as people who have ever cared to follow any laws. Their issue, Remember. 80% is bad parenting, where they grew up mm -hmm. in homes where everybody was a criminal from the ground straight down, everybody turning a blind eye, allowing them to go out there and do whatever they want, steal from people, rob from people, and it wasn't doing nothing to them. So they grew up in an environment of lawlessness. So that lawlessness just continues. These are not I people agree. who have yep. put in. So let's be very careful who we're going to defend now. Those are not Caymanians who put not, in the effort it's to not, say that, oh, remember, this is someone who wants to take care of their family. They're not business with that. They would rather, let, let me listen, let me, let me say this, right? They would rather make a drug run to Jamaica and pick up one canoe boat full of drugs than to ever strike a decent day's living in their life. They're not about that life. So we we can we can have the discussion and we can talk about Caymanians being marginalized, which is happening. We can talk about Caymanians not getting a fair shake, but let's not confuse that with the criminal element who is now causing us to live in fear because we need to take a very strong position on crime in this country and not give them any excuses for their behavior. Those are not people I who totally, ever I totally agree with you, Sandra. I totally right. agree with you, honey child. But what I'm saying, remember when I started, I stated it's a two is two is two way street. It is two things you you can apply, and some people when they it goes as it's so bad, gets so bad, and as as sometimes that when people are applying just as they back turn, the the application yes. goes in the garbage. Well, we need we so, definitely need to address that. We definitely need to address those issues, but. I am also aware, and we got to start wrapping up here because I've just been informed that the time that running out of, of time now. But I'm also aware that a lot of Caymanians, unfortunately, go into these environments and they make it bad for everybody. It's a few mm -hmm. bad apples that don't do their job. It's true. They're it's stealing true. from the employers that not showing up to work on time. They don't want to show up none at all. Yeah. So true. You 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 know that the um job fair that the Dart organization did, I think it was last year, right? You know how many people they were calling, calling and emailing to come in for second interviews and to bring your documentation that didn't even bother to respond? You know how many wouldn't go in? Even when they said, Oh, I'm coming for an interview, there were no shows and they never showed up. So why go in the first place? Well, you would have to ask them. They're the same ones who become part of the problem. Walk cry down that nobody want to give them an opportunity, but they're not doing their part. And we need to be honest that whoever they are and how many people that is, that makes us all look bad. Yes, it does. And it impacts all of our reputation as a people. Okay, manners are lazy. Okay, manners are this. We <coughs> sorry. I'm the hardest working people. In the world, but not all of us. And it's a few bad it's apples true. that make it bad for everybody. I'm just saying. Anyway, yeah, Carla, this is true. It's thank true. you very much. Thank you, darling. All right, honey. <clears throat> okay, so some more comments coming in. Um, Irvlin says, uh, Miss Brenda says, the grass shouldn't be greener in any other country. It must be green at home. Irvlin says, living in London is not better or cheaper. Food is expensive. Ms. Sue says, yes, Sandy, that's BS. The UK isn't any better. They just get easy money off of social security in the UK. Why they keep leaving the UK to come here. 
<laughs> oh, what a mess. Sabrina says, thank you for correcting that caller. Uh, there's no excuse for robbery. Strong Hills says, Sandy, it's not only Jamaica that has drugs. What about Honduras and the U.S.? Come on, be real. And also Cuba. I'm not talking about countries that have drugs. Every single country has drugs. I'm talking about Caymanians who are looking for an easy living. What they do is jump on a canoe boat and run drugs from Cayman to Jamaica. Three of them came in the other day. Caymanians landed in East End. And what have they been doing? Because they ran from the boat. So the police got the boat and the whole boat loaded drugs. So they never made any money off of that. So what are they doing out there instead? There's some of the same people out there committing the robberies. The police know who they are, but now they have to prove it. We have a juvenile that was just arrested for being one of the robbers. We can't be honest here going into 2023, folks, without talking about some of our own homegrown issues. And we got a lot. Lots of homegrown issues from a Miss K man assaulting people straight down. Just because you got pretty face and ugly behind. Still a problem. Ms. Brenda's asking for us to put the topic of the chickens on the list of topics. Folks, this is the first show of 2023. Ms. Brenda, rest assured that we will have a lot of opportunities to talk about the chickens, the roosters, and everything else in between. Mm-mm. Who that is calling me? That's my other phone ringing. All the phones be ringing around here, honey chill. Um... Ingrid says, talk the truth mm-hmm. and shame the devil. All right, folks, bigger, better, and bolder for 2023. That's what it's all about here. Tomorrow, let's talk about the Marriott situation. We got to talk about Miss Cayman. Not that we really want to, but she's on the radar again because um, what's the young lady's name? Chloe has left the jurisdiction to go and um, actually compete. Oh, Lord. All I can tell you all is this entire pageant is a hot mess this year in so many ways. So, yeah, we're going to have to talk about it, unfortunately. Um, So we'll put that on the agenda for tomorrow as well. What else is on the agenda for tomorrow? So we'll talk about the Marriott, the assault at the beach, alleged assault with tourists involved. I'm going to send it a couple emails today to see if I can get some of these government departments to provide some information and a few bits and pieces that we have uh, questions about. Big shout out to um, Burger King. They're actually celebrating, folks, their 40th anniversary and they're gonna be giving away, I think it's like $40,000. It's a lot of money. Have a listen to this commercial. Whopping news! Burger King Cayman is turning 40 years old and celebrating by giving away over $40,000 of prizes. Just spend $4 to receive a scratch card for your chance to win thousands of food prizes, Burger King merch, and the king of prizes. 10 cash prizes of $1,982. From December 23rd till February 1st, visit your favorite BK location to win big with Burger King's 40th anniversary. Terms and conditions apply. Wow, that's a lot of money, lots of giveaway, lots of giveaways to be had. So make sure you guys um, check that out. We'll be getting some more information on that as they um, start the celebration and kick it off 40 years. Wow, that's a long time. So, um, yeah, fantastic. Congratulations to Burger King. 
All right, folks, um, let's go ahead and do our news break now. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 7.30. Big shout out to um, the folks, good folks over at Bobo, especially Chuck, who's always helping us in the background, going into a little bit of overtime and monitoring the systems in case anything is going on. You guys have a fantabulous day. Uh, court is restarting, so we're going to be getting caught up on some court news. I think this week we're trying to finalize some details. We've got ICCI, UCCI, my apologies, who's actually going to be coming in the studio in the next couple of days. We've got NRA, who's going to get back in their regular rotation, their regular cycle. I'm sure next week Health City will be here as well. So we got lots and lots of stuff um, happening and going on. So please continue to keep it locked right here to the cold hard truth because we're going to bring it to you like nobody else does. And here's a message from Kevin Wattler. Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. All elected government and official members of Parliament have signed a Parliamentary Code of Conduct. It is now with the Clerk of Parliament to be signed by members of the opposition. Passengers on an American airline flight from Miami to Grand Cayman said they spent hours stuck inside the plane without water after their flight was grounded for five hours. A male juvenile who was wanted in connection with robbery incidents is now facing multiple charges after he was arrested last week. Now for your CMR weather update. It's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise around 7 o'clock. Mainly sunny skies are expected with the temperatures at 84 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 72% like the forecast calls for. It will feel like it's in the low 90s. Winds east-northeast at 15 to 25 miles per hour and the sun sets right around 6 p.m. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the mid-70s. Looking forward, there's an increased chance for scattered thunderstorms this weekend. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on A Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 